are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, I'm Gary YouTube from Cultaholic Wrestling, and welcome back to the latest thrilling installment of this tier-ranking malarkey as myself and a second Gary YouTube do what the rest of the popular Gary YouTubes do in the world today. What the hell is that, Gary? It's the sticker! Official, so official Gary YouTube and the, water bottle. This man knows what he's talking about. You can't actually get the water bottle, but you can buy a sticker like he has there, a high-quality <laughs> vinyl sticker, and you can stick it on anything you want, maybe even your own mother, and start calling her <laughs> Gary as well. But of course, we're here to do some tier-ranking things. I think I've already said that. I'm good at this job. Gary, how are you doing today? Gary, it is good. We are on the countdown to Garymus when we record this. Um, and presumably, Garymus is over and we're heading towards St. Gary's Day uh, now. But uh, it's good. It's nice to take a moment and reflect back on the black and gold brand. Certainly lots to, to discuss over the next hour and a bit with your good self, Gary. I hope it's an hour and a bit. I've got a feeling it might go a little bit longer because there is a <laughs> hell of a lot to discuss and a hell of a lot of people to discuss as well. But yes, we're sat here on December the 14th at time of recording. So I don't think anything will happen that's too drastic before the end of the year. But just in case it does before this video goes live, that's why we're sat here on December the 14th reviewing what has happened in NXT in 2020. We'll be tiering the entire NXT roster just simply based Based off what they've done in 2020 in terms of the kayfabe and booking and storytelling and all that malarkey and just in terms of how they've made us feel tom slash gary exactly it's uh it's been a weird one for nxt because you know when we did this tier list last year it had been just a couple of months of the wednesday night wars da, 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 da. and what we've seen is what was something that launched as a developmental brand somewhere where people could iron out the creases before they go to the ball has sort of become has now become the third brand of wrestling and to many the, the main brand within wwe and and with that has come some challenges because all all of a sudden you've got uh, these people on this stage where they're no longer in in sort of the training school this is now the the the, the main the major league overnight so some have really thrived some have just survived but we will talk all about them as we go through look at the poetry on show here you are a professional <laughs> gary but without any further ado sam gary gary sam hit the intro will you So 
just in case you haven't been here before, we have several tiers on the laptop. Over to my left-hand side here, we have the best, lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable, and get it the bin. And as I say, we're basing this off what they've done in 2020. We have done the Raw roster. We have done the SmackDown roster. I believe this is the third one going live. The AEW roster will also be coming up as well. And then once all four videos are out there, we can see how many are in the best tier. And whichever roster has the most in the best tier, that's the one that's got the best roster. That is science here on the <laughs> professional wrestling thing. But Gary, it's it's completely subjective, I know, but also it is science. It's empirical evidence. It's fact. So we're starting things off, Gary, with Adam Cole. Bye bye. What you what you think when I'm saying Adam Cole's 2020 in NXT? We got to start with the best. Adam Cole has been uh, very much the the center of attention for a lot of NXT based action. You know, one of the longest, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, uh, and kind of got there was some concern that when he lost that belt he'd become a little bit lost in the woods but i feel like he has done some great things to bring pat mcafee along i believe that undisputed era have very organically transitioned into a babyface faction and that opens up more possibilities for for matches and rivalries i feel like and I'm going to put this out there as a prediction for when we sit down to do tier list 2021. I feel like this might be the last year that we are putting Adam Cole on the NXT tier list. I Surely. have a feeling in my waters that uh, Undisputed Era have designs of a red and blue nature that we will see come to fruition in 2021. And it's just about time, I think. Who knows? We might have another Tommaso Chapa situation on our hands with any members of the Undisputed Era that might think, hey, I quite enjoy Orlando. I quite enjoy working Wednesdays. Bugger SmackDown and bugger Raw 2. I'll just stay here in NXT. But just to run down a few, headli a few headlines from Adam Cole's 2020, the feud with Imperium at the start of the year. Can you believe that was a thing that happened this year? I just, jeez, that was, wasn't it? That run-in at the end of TakeOver Blackpool 2, where the Undisputed Era just, just made their presence felt. That was kind of the start of this sort of heel, of this face turn yeah. for the UE, I think, mixing it up with them. Such high hopes for sort of more NXT, NXT UK crossovers, but a global pandemic very much put paid to that happening. Um, but that feels like a lifetime ago. It Everybody does. Adam Cole has been in the ring with in, in 2020, I think he's got something great out of them in, in very different ways. So Tommaso Champ of Portland, as he said earlier, he became the longest reigning NXT champion back in March. His reign lasted a totality of 403 days. We had the backlot ball against the Velveteen Dream at TakeOver in your house. Then we had the monumental stuff with Keith Lee, the stuff with Pat. And I said, Pat, Pat's in there. The stuff with Pat McAfee. <laughs> Bloody hell. That'd be, very, that'd be a very different feud. It'd be you a very, very different feud. Pat Patterson taking the Panama Sunrise off the top of War Games. <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> and that rounds us off where I'm calling in, in 2020. I don't think we need to say anything else there, Tom. He's, he's straight at the best here every single year. And why change it there? So next up, we have Arturo Ruas, who is currently injured. Um... Now, I'm going to be quite brutal because we've not really seen anything of, of, of Uaz it's on weird. the NXT. It's because so I think weird. he was meant to do stuff with NXT. And then he disappeared to do Raw Underground. That kind of was a bit of a wet fart in the history of Monday Night Wrestling. And there were plans. There were plans for him to do big stuff for NXT for the remainder of this year. But then he got injured in a match against Kushida. Mm -hmm. So that's him done. Like a 10-second vignette a competitive match against Kushida and see you in 2021. So we can't really 
we can't put him in the best. We can't put him in lovely, lovely. I think, but there is so much potential there. I'm going to put him in all right. Oh, ooh, I, I, he might get moved down later on when we, we compare him to other to other runs uh, this year. But as you say, it's the raw underground stuff had got off to a promising start. He looked very dominating in this this, this mm-hmm. role as the the shoot fighting. Is it judo? Is it karate? I've got no it's idea. It's a bit which... of everything. Like he's he's multifaceted. He knows multiple martial arts. Uh, he's he's the, the the top rank in many different styles. So and and that's what I'm hoping to see from him when he gets back up and running. Is that that very unique in-ring style. There's so much potential there. I'm putting him in all right for now, but like you say, I think when we compare him to other people, he may get pushed back to just about bearable. But I don't think that's anything to do with, with his skill level. It's just the, the lack of... You know what? I think, you know what? Let's We should cut the middleman out. We should just move him to just about bearable. I agree. And, it, and, it, and nothing to do with his skill set. It's nothing to do with his skill set. It's more the fact that we just haven't really seen enough from him on this. That's the thing. Is thing. It's, it's, the, it's the booking and luck in terms of the injuries as well. He... He lost to Ziggler in Raw Underground, which sounds terrible on paper here in 2020, but this is a time when Dolph Ziggler was proven he was the hardest man in the world. He was taken mm-hmm. on all comers in Raw Underground. Then it was the weird period of time, he was drafted to Raw, moved back to NXT on the quiet, and then given like a big debut or re-debut hype promo package, and then he came back and lost. Yeah, it's just it just seems like a... We're yet to get the motor running with Huaz. We'll, re- we'll reconvene next year on Huaz. Dakota Kai. Oh, now she's bumped up a little bit this year, I think. Um, I'm going to put her into lovely, lovely, lovely. I think that the, the the heel turn was necessary at the tail end of last year. She turned heel at War Games. And has really pushed to find her way in that in, in the women's division as a heel. And I feel like they've gone through quite a few redesigns and re-envisions of her. But I feel like she's been... A very like she's gone from being a sort of a side player to a very crucial part of the women's division. Like a key one of the you know I don't want to say key player, but like certainly somebody with a lot to offer. And and she's really she's really grown into the heel role. I I was thinking that when she was when she was a baby face, there was certainly a sort of a Bailey esque sort of girl next door joy about her that I think would I thought would be difficult to transition into a heel. But no, she became a. She became an arsehole to the highest level. And it was nice to see. Fun fact, her and Raquel Gonzalez were originally going to be called The Hurt Business. Really? Mm-hmm. There's a promo they ran on NXT with with her and uh, with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez talking. They're saying, oh, uh, this is wrestling. And we, we're in wrestling and, and for us, wrestling's a business. And uh, it, for us, it's The Hurt Business. And they tease calling them The Hurt Business. And I think they went, you know what? This is better. We can... We'll, We'll take that and use that somewhere else. I reckon but... that, MV, that MVP definitely saw that and said, Vince, I've got a great <laughs> idea for you. <laughs> and it, it, do you know what? It, it suits them more than yeah. it would suit Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. But yeah, I think multiple re, like refreshes of, of her look and her, uh, and her style, but I feel like she's really found a niche. And even after the Tegan Knox feud, she's still in the mix. So yeah, I'm going to put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. I think it's warranted, Tom. You could argue, of course, that the heel turn should have led to more in terms of maybe a title reign. But then again, we could get that this upcoming year. And it, it wouldn't be out of place, would it? Just how she's been kept. I know she's lost a lot of big matches, but she's the heel. And sometimes heels just have to lose mm. for the benefit of the story. But she's always, I wouldn't be upset if she good. never becomes the champion. I wouldn't be upset because I feel like she's one of those. No, she's one of those that I don't think needs to become the champion in order to be effective. 
there's i think the the assumption is that every effective face and heel should become a champion but over the over decades in wrestling some amazing characters have have had phenomenal runs and never really won any championships like you know jake the snake roberts is the obvious name that springs to mind and i don't think he needed to be a champion I don't think he needed to. I think, it, and Dakota Kai is one of those that, you know, with, you know, there is somebody else within her reach who I believe will hold gold this year, but we'll get to that when we get to them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she needs one to establish how, how good she's been and how good she will be. Yeah, so outside of the, the stuff with Tegan Knox, she obviously had the, the, the title match at TakeOver uh, XXX. They call it TakeOver 30 there. It's always TakeOver XXX. But she was never going to win that one. And then we had the stuff hanging at the War Games. I think that's all of your headlines to do with Dakota Kai in 2020. A very solid year indeed. Now we're moving on to a weird one to sort of put in this tier ranking thing. And that's Ashanti the Adonis. Formerly okay. known as Tehuti Miles back in the day. Um, and I'm going to put Ashanti in all right. Now, there is, we haven't seen loads of Ashanti. Getting in the mix with Jake Atlas and Swerve Scott was a great way to introduce us as part of, to, a great way for us to, in, to be introduced to him as part of uh, uh, the, the feud with uh, Legado del Fantasma. But uh, we haven't seen enough of him yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that the, the, the gimmick, the name has a special ring to it, a special value to it. He's part of a very busy cruiserweight division, which is probably why we haven't seen much of him. He has cut a couple of backstage promos, which I don't think were a part of the NXT show, more YouTube stuff that I've come across. And he's mm. a very charismatic man, a very charismatic man. But as you say, he's be- appeared more on 205 Live than he has NXT so far. And I guess, do you watch 205 Live on the regular? No, I don't, I'll be honest. But here's the thing. I don't think NXT watched 205 Live that often because <laughs> because it was it was, at the time recording it was last week's NXT where it was mentioned in com- in passing on commentary Kurt Stallion the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship and I had a little moment where I went did I grade that did I grade that contenders match no because it happened on 205 Live and the, there is a real lack of synergy between 205 Live and NXT, there should be more. 205 Live takes place at the CWC, the same place as NXT. And it, and it's a whole show that revolves around the championship for a division in NXT. So there should be more conversation about it. Like the fact that the fact that a lot of casual viewers have only are only aware of Kurt Stallion because of a mention on commentary and a passing reference from Santos Escobar. That's that's an issue, but it's easily fixed. It's easily fixed. You just have it so, hey, this week on 205 Live, this happened. You just do a little nod. Raw have started doing that with main event. Like they've realized, actually, we've got this hour of wrestling real estate that we could probably put some other people on. And we're going to see in 2020, away from NXT, we're going to see Raw uh, main event used a bit more to tell stories on Monday Night Raw, which I think is useful. And I think we could do the same with 205 Live. But in order to do that, you've got to tell us it's there. You've got to tell us where to watch it. Because if you don't, we won't. Yeah. And uh, just outside of the the aforementioned stuff with Jake Atlas and Sawyer Scott, we had a couple of big squash matches for Mr. Adonis this year, losing to the likes of Gillian Dane and Dexter Loomis. But next up, we're moving on to the scourge of last year's NXT tier ranking video. And I call him the scourge, which might upset you, Tom. Boa. Bloody brilliant Boa. <laughs> are you giving? Are we? Are we here? Like, okay, right. I put this to you. Last year we were here having a brilliant laugh about bloody brilliant Boa. Wanted to put him in the best. And you were like, oh no. 
Who has had the most, who's been part of the most compelling vignettes on NXT over the past couple of weeks? It's bloody Boa. It's bloody brilliant Boa. I tell you what, those, it's out there. I've been, I think I said this on the pitches video for 2020 in wrestling, especially WWE, more outside the box stuff. And this, mm. with the old guy coming back and the dragons going round the Tron and this, where they're getting beaten up and waterboarded and whacked with kendo sticks and whatever, whoever this lady is, we're deb- it looks like a lady anyway that we're debuting as part of this these vignettes. Whatever's going on here is exactly what I was speaking about here. Fantastic stuff. Uh, unique stuff, character building stuff, and Boa is right at the center of it. And it's uh, aggressive it's stuff as well. Yeah. The one on Wednesday, where like it was, it was Zia Lee uh, punching the, the the wooden blocks until her hands were bleeding, and she was in tears and just sweat and blood pouring down her face. And Boa with a bloodied mouth, and getting caned in the back and welted. It was oh, it was so earthy. It was, and it was so unlike anything that we had on NXT before. And there he is. In the middle of it, I think this, you have an amazing opportunity. Now, I'm not going to, obviously, we, we all we all know that Boa is the best, but we have to play the game here. <laughs> so wherever I put Boa, you know with a nudge and a wink, he's in the best. Um, but we haven't seen him do anything yet other than these phenomenal promos. So it's wrong to put him above some who have done great stuff in and out of the ring as well. Um, so I think we're going to put him in all right. I would argue bearable, Tom, because he was out injured with a shoulder injury that he suffered towards the end of 2019. And it was October when he initially delivered that letter to Gia And then we had the stuff with uh, Raquel Gonzalez Mm. and uh, the attack and all that. And then Boa. And then we're into these promos now. So I would argue bearable. But it's not really any fault of his own because he was injured for 10 months of the Mm. year. All right. We'll put him in the the best. Bearable (laughs) best. Bearable. He's in bearable. All right. He's in just about bearable. Just about the best. Uh, Just about the best. We might as well do Gialine now. She competed in the Women's Royal Rumble at the start of the year. She lasted for 10 minutes before being chucked out, as we would say in here in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, by Shayna (laughs) Baszler. Then we had a little angle with Aaliyah. Uh, where Aaliyah was attacking her backstage and then Robert Stone, he vomited in the ring, didn't he? Or at ringside, which distracted her and allowed Aaliyah to pick, uh, allowed Aaliyah, easy for me to say, to pick up <laughs> a victory. It looked like there was a heel turn coming for, for Gia Lee at the time because she had the, ma- uh, the match with Jesse Camilla and then she didn't, she refused to like take the loss very well like a like a, like a a sportsman would um, or a sports lady would. Um, and then, but, but we found out that obviously she had more played on her mind because then down came Boa with the letter later mm. on and then we've led to what's going on here and where this is going. It looks like, where do you think it's going, Tom? Give us the big prediction. Oh, the NXT I man. think, um, I think we're going to see Zia and Boa become champions in 2021 and just become killing machines. I think we have to see that. I think that if if we did, if they don't come out of the blocks in 2021 as just these, these warriors that almost feel no pain and just destroy everything in its path, then I think it's a wasted opportunity. In terms of who is the leader, who is the, the like the, the leader of this, of this cult, it seems like it's a female leader. Um, like the the one name like the one female of a legendary status that we know is coming into NXT coming into WWE as a whole is Miko Satomura but we know she's part of NXT we've been told we understand she's part of NXT UK but like in terms of a some like a female character of legendary status i can't think of anybody else that would be coming in that would 
do that role. Um, you, but they, they, they might put, surprise us. They could be pulling the wool over our eyes because the way the promos have been shot so far, whoever this person is does not need to be there in Orlando or wherever the, the hell they are at the minute uh, doing these things with Angeli. So maybe it could be Mika. We have no idea. But I guess Gia, maybe a step above Boa. I want to put her in all right, simply because she's done more. And, okay, she hasn't won a lot of matches, but that's part of the thing. That's mm. part of the thing. Like, she's, she's told this great story through defeat. And it's it, it means you're at this point with, with a character like Lee, whereby all of all of her losses are, are important because they you you kind of see the, the cracks forming in her face and, and the desperation that she has to win. Like, you see that. I've loved that, and it's the best. Some of the best character stuff that we've had from from Zaylee since she started. Mm. So I'm all for it. Um, so I would have, but, but as I say, not as much. We're quite late into the year for all this to be happening. So we're going to put her in all right for now. We know where Boa is, um, but I, I think all moving up a couple of notches. If it all goes according to plan, all moving up a couple of notches for 2021. And, of course, she has a banging theme and lovely dogs. So have got to take that into account as well. <laughs> so next up, we're moving on to Bobby Fish, of course, who started the year in the Dusty Tag Team Classic, uh, got all the way to the semi-finals before losing to the grizzled young veterans. Then, of course, we had the Imperium stuff as well at the start of the year. Um, he and Kyle lost the tag team titles to the Bruiserweights at TakeOver Portland. And that's a thing I completely forgot that happened, those vignettes with, um, with mm, Riddle and Pete Dunne in the car. <laughs> Pete Dunne playing the straight guy, Riddle playing a weird man like he does so well, in my opinion. Then we had the singles match. We had a singles match for Bobby Fish with Velveteen Dream. We had interactions with Brizango, Wani Locken, as Matthew likes to call him on the podcast, <laughs> and Danny Birch, uh, the Killian and Drake stuff as well. And then, of course, we had the stuff with... Uh, well, it's a Pat Patterson again. We had the stuff with Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee. People always tell me I say the name wrong. Pat McAfee. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're saying it like he's antivirus software. Yeah. Like, he, he could do that. That man can do anything. He can just do true. that with his hand and rid your computer <laughs> of all the viruses. Um, and of course, the stuff heading into war games. So a pretty, a pretty decent year for Bobby Fisher, who of course is also currently out injured, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, yeah, very much so. It's, 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 it's the, the obvious choice is to put the whole undisputed era in the best, I think. As we get to them, we will. Because I think that they've had, as as singles and tags, they've always had standout performances. I feel like the Bobby Fish is a bit of an anomaly for me because I was sort of mooting this idea uh, last month when we had Adam Cole in this face rivalry with Pat McAfee and you had Kyle O'Reilly getting into it with with you know getting into single stuff with you know challenging Finn Balor for the title i had the idea of this sort of undisputed era civil war breaking out where you had Cole and O'Reilly on the one side and Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong on the other because like whilst O'Reilly and Adam certainly have babyface potential like I don't know whether Bobby Fish and Roddy do. I mean, obviously, they've both been faces. Like, Roddy was a face before he joined the Undisputed Roddy, Era. Though, it? It no, I think, that, I think they're better as heels. I yeah. think they're better as heels. I don't know whether... Um, I mean, I haven't seen anything from... Like, it sounds so bad to say, oh, I haven't seen as much from Bobby Fish as I have from others. But it's kind of... It's true, though. It's, it's true. That's why I was going to argue that maybe, while we've got Adam Cullen the best, I think Bobby Fish would have to go in a step below, maybe two I steps I think lovely, below. lovely, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think part of me, lovely, lovely, lovely. 
And I think he always he always does well though, doesn't he? What Bobby never never yeah. lets the side down. No, he's a he's a he's a good pair of hands. He's a safe pair of hands. Like you know, if you're going to stick him in there for something, then um, but then but then you're comparing like you, as a team, absolutely they all go up. But when you look at individual performances, you're going to see a split this year in the undisputed era. Um, so which we'll get to as we get to more of them. And the, the injury record is becoming a bit it's becoming a bit too much, isn't it? He's getting injured a hell of a lot. Mm, which sucks because you yeah. hate to you hate to say you hate to label somebody's injury prone. It's it's a it's a it's yeah. awful. Like and there, there's a there's at least one other person on this list that has a, a similar record. Um, but it's it's a horrible thing to say because when he's on, he's great. He's yeah. so good. He's so good. And then we move on to Bronson Reed. And I really thought you, know, you had that um, the triple threat match win over Johnny Gagano and Roddy Strong. And I thought momentum, the new music, the shades of like the Godzilla sort of Tron, the the, the homage to Bam Bam Bigelow. I thought this was building for a North American Championship win, a takeover XXX in that ladder match, but it never came to be. And since then, it sort of stopped. Absolutely nothing. He is just he is dropped off the face of the earth. It seems, and and which is bizarre. Um, it's uh, whether or not he was in, whether or not he was one of those that tested positive for COVID, and we just didn't know because there were some NXT recruits and, and stars that were part of a COVID outbreak. Whether or not he was amongst that, so he's been kept away. Uh, it's very likely that he was possibly either either had it or was exposed to it. Uh, he's still around. He was putting stuff on Twitter. He was doing. Flipping deadlifts the other day. He's so got he's a brilliant a... Twitter game. He just no nonsense on Twitter. Fantastic to see. <laughs> yeah, so I think I would have. I certainly would have put him like if if that momentum that we that we had earlier in the year had stayed, like he would be in the best, surely, or at least the top of lovely, lovely, lovely. But he's just fallen off the face of the earth a little bit. There's which is really sad. Um, so I, I... kind of want to put him in. Uh, Got to be all right, isn't it? I think top of all right simply because of the lost momentum that we've had from him. I think that he's had some standout moments this year, uh, but they just, it was just, it, it just vanished, which is very, very strange. I'm, I'm hoping 2021, we get to a point where we put him back higher. Um, once he gets some more consistency in there, I think he's one of those, he's, he's got this, the, uh, he, he draws comparisons for me of sort of like a, a Vader or a Dave Mastiff from from nxt uk like that big guy that's got the that that can move he you know that's got the, the the pace and i again another guy who i don't think will ever be a champion at nxt but somebody that is a, a, a more than capable like mini boss in nxt somebody that somebody that you can if somebody new won the nxt championship he is a worthy competitor for that belt to put them through their paces to give them that win that they can say oh x person survived bronson reed like he is somebody like that that you could have as a roadblock but i don't know whether you'd ever make him the guy ever Mm -hmm. um but hey, I've been wrong before. I'd rather be happy than right. But we'll see. But certainly for now, I think we were going to put him in all right. Yeah, he's on a bit of a losing streak at the minute. He's lost the likes of Killian Dane, Roddy Strong, Cam Grams, and <laughs> Karrion Cross as well. So hopefully it picks back up next year. But speaking of to the moon. To the moon! We have oh. Cameron Grimes, who is 
who has become this year one of my favourites in NXT. I never watched too much of Impact back in the day. I'm very guilty of that. I'm very sorry, everybody who is an Impact wrestling fan. But really getting to know Cameron Grimes, Trevor Lee this year on NXT, he just get he's got that thing where certain people in the wrestling they just get the humour of wrestling, and he gets out to be an annoying arsehole heel, but in the best way possible. And I think he's one of the best in NXT at the minute. I'm I'm glad you said that because I thought it was going to be a controversial thing when I say I want to send him. I want to send Cameron Graham straight to the moon. I want to put him in the best because I think this has been a, a great year to be Cameron Grimes. Somebody who like Trevor Lee, who you remember from TNA and Impact when he came into WWE, it was like, okay, a capable player. Um, I don't know what they'll do with him. Like the, the, the look isn't really what they go for. We'll see. But he's just created this persona that has just leapt off the page with him. He's been so strong and also really protected. Yeah. No one kicks out of the cave in. His finish is, is as protected as, as the RKO and Baron Corbin's end of days, bizarrely. <laughs> no one kicks out of the cave in. And, 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 that's, and that's by design. They are, they're building this. They're, they're, they're building somebody who, and, you know, in comparison to Bronson Reed... I could definitely see Cameron Grimes being a champion, just being the biggest asshole as North American champion, especially somebody who will just hold that belt and cover that belt and cheat and scratch and claw to keep that belt constantly. Yeah. He's he's only going to get better. That's what's super exciting about Cameron Grimes. And he's been he's been in some weird places this year. Um, Oh no, we you know we should talk about the uh, the the haunted house of terror from recently at Halloween Havoc, but all the way back earlier in the year he was part of um, part of some he was in the mix for the North American title a lot. He was in there with Keith Lee, like that's a that's a sign of respect when you're when you're in there as like a, a admittedly like a fly buzzing around Keith Lee that Keith keeps swatting. But even to be in the mix with the champion is is still a is still a great place to be. And he's always doing stuff. That's the thing is he's always doing noteworthy stuff. We had the feud yeah. with Damien Priest early this year and he was popping the tyres on Damien Priest's car and taking the piss out of Priest for losing to Finn Balor at TakeOver in your house. Uh, the bumps he was taking, I think, needs to be mentioned as well. And that ladder match at TakeOver XXX. They were, some of the stuff he was doing, out of all the people in that match, I think, if memory serves correctly, I do apologise if it's wrong, he was taking the, the most death-defying bumps in that match. And that, he ah, was bouncing. Was great. But yeah, no more strap matches, please, NXT. I'm sick of strap matches, but we'll speak about that yeah. more later with um, Dexter Loomis. But as we said, I, I, I would have gone top of lovely, lovely, lovely if it was my list, but... He's just fantastic, isn't he? He's just fantastic. I think he's great, and, and more good things to come for him in 2021, without a doubt. And then we have Team Everrise, who, of course, are more prominent on 205 Live with the, the conspiracy theory angle, I guess, against them and having a go at, um, at William Regal, who took over from Drake Maverick earlier this year. But the promos, the promos that air on social media and on the YouTube channel are throwback. They are 80s. I think it's Matt Martell. He has shades of Randy Savage, fully coked up Randy Savage at that, about him with the mannerism with his mouth and the, the tongue that keeps going when he's talking. <laughs> have you seen these promos, Tom? I have, but I've seen them on their socials. I haven't seen any of that character development on NXT where it counts. One segment, I think, with Kevin Owens, where they there was a match thrown out, I think, when Kevin Owens came back recently. Who was that against, Tom? I so, so what we were going to know, we were going to have, it was, it was going to be Everrise in action and the grizzled young veterans ran out and attacked them. Yeah. 
And then the following week, it was that Everise were going to face Grizzled Young Veterans and then Imperium attacked Everise. And then Everise came back and attacked everybody. And then they went off. And they had a re- now, the other week, they had a really good triangle tag match where they played silly buggers and were um, like sort of only tagging in when one was weak and trying to steal pins and stuff. So some really good character stuff there. But this is so late in the year. They've been such an afterthought. And like you say, these great promos on social, none of that, with the exception of some brief interactions with the likes of Kevin Owens, has really translated onto television for me. They, they to me, all I see, like, and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to sort of encourage, I'm trying to look at it from a, a fan of somebody who just watches on a Wednesday. With it comes to Everise. I just see a team that look a bit like a throwback, but I don't know anything more about them. You know? They're normally really good at developing characters as well with NXT. You're normally good at getting a little taste of who people are, but they just, they seem like a, um, like a tag team you just throw out there if you need to get another tag team across. This is the, only in the last couple of weeks have we really seen, uh, you know, the stuff they did with, the stuff they've done with Drake and Killian Dane. Has, has done some has been there just to sort of to get Killian Dane and Drake Maverick over. They're just yeah. a, a warm body that are there. And then the stuff recently has got them over to an extent with them, you know, attacking other teams and stuff. But it's quite late in the year to put them anything really just above bearable. I'd agree with that. It's weird. It's this thing you were speaking about earlier about the the sort of transparency between Two Hundred Five Live and NXT. Things need explained. AEW mm. do this as well between sort of BTE and Dark and all the things they have going on. Everything needs, you know, if, if it's not happening on your show and we don't need to have it thrown, shoved down our throats like, you know, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins in a relationship, that kind of thing. Just a quick mention here and there just to fill us in. I think that's what's needed there with uh, Everrise especially. But now we're moving on to Shotzi Blackheart, a real breakout year mm. for this woman who could not be any more camp in terms of professional wrestling. I love that about her. Doesn't give a toss about anything. She's going to be as camp as camp can be when it comes to professional wrestling, no matter how cringy it might be. Well, you look at this, right? At the start of this year, there she, she, she'd she had a bit of a back and forth with Shayna Baszler, but other than that, wasn't, like, massively featured. Like, there was she had the, just before the end of the last year, she had the shock elimination of Shayna Baszler from the Battle Royal uh, to, to determine the top contender for the women's title. Um, and there, and that was sort of where we were at with Shotzi last time we did the tier list. Mm-hmm. She went from there to the end of this year, where she has been the the figurehead of a NX, of an NXT TV special and an NXT takeover. She was the the figurehead of Halloween Havoc. She was the host of Halloween Havoc, so she was all over the advertising for that. And her War Games match was. Was the was was for my in my mind that was the 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 main attraction of War Games. It was, was a the tank way that the logo, was built. Tom. Exactly. That's all you need the, to say. The one thing they missed out on was they did a whole they did a whole PR thing with the with the tank video game, and Shotzi's nowhere to be found in it. That was an own goal, but that was an obvious one. I kept seeing adverts for this World of Tanks game. And it's like, hey, you can drive a tanks featuring your favourite WWE stars like Steve Austin and The Undertaker. Where's where's shot? That you've got a character that drives a tank, and you're not. <laughs> no, that's not Nicola. Oh, whatever. But um, in ring, there's been. She hasn't been perfect. She's not. She's still. I think there's still a little bit of rounding to do. But she is somebody that you can build the the NXT Women's Division around in 2021 Mm -hmm. 
She's that strong. And I think the in-ring stuff, Tom, is, is what's just keeping her out of the best tier. I think she's the top of lovely, lovely, lovely. Cause the you look tippity at, top. It's, it's been a year or two halves, obviously, because we had the stuff with Shayna at the start of the year. She was in the Women's World Rum- Royal Rumble. Easy for me to say once again. Wake up, Ross, you tit. Uh, she was thrown out by <laughs> Shayna Baszler in that one. Then she teamed with Tegan Knox in a losing effort to the Boston Hug Connection when the Boss and the Hugs, they had the women's tag team titles. Then we had the stuff with Robert Stone, where that became a bit of a meme, her running over Robert Stone with the tank. Uh, Halloween Havoc. Candice murdering her tank, the build of the brand new bigger tank, and then that debuting at War Games. So, very much a year or two halves for me. But as I say, I think I think the wrestling side of things, I mean, it's it's going to be rectified this upcoming year, isn't it? Yeah, I and I can see her becoming um, becoming a champion somewhere next year. I think they will reward her uh, with with some gold next year. Um, top of lovely, lovely, lovely. I think just like literally, and it's just, and it's just the the one thing, as you said, the one thing that keeps her out the best. It's that lack of consistency within ring stuff. Like I've graded, I've graded her matches. I think everything from like an A to a C minus. Like so, there is such a lack of and consistency. And a C minus for you, Tom. <laughs> oh, that must be Mate, hard to give. <laughs> C minus. It's funny now because even even now when people watch grading, they go, "You're too polite," and they've yet to learn the Tom Campbell grading curve, which is if it's C minus. I've had a terrible time, but I'm, you know, I think I think I've graded one. I think I've graded one thing in all my time doing graded. I think I've graded one thing, like an a, an F or a D minus. You, you do never gone as well. lower. Yeah, no, I know, right? I'm the uh, I'm the eternal optimist, the etern- eternal sunshine of the spotless graded mind. <laughs> so Johnny Gargano, the current North American champion, of course, he lost to Finn Balor in an ab off. It take over Portland, but at the end of that pay-per-view, you might remember, he turned heel good and proper by attacking Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, then we had that empty arena thing that, in my opinion, Tom, took itself way too seriously. I don't know what you thought about that one. Yeah, we were kind of in the early stages of figuring out what we were going to do without fans at wrestling shows. So there was quite a few... Not own goals, but there was quite a few like missteps with it. And I look, I watched that match and I enjoyed it. And at the time, I gave it an A. There have been better and worse uh, cinematic <laughs> matches since then. It was very serious. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was terrible. I think no, that it wasn't terrible. I, the the issue is, I think that the the Gargano Champa feud, and it was, and it's a it's a victim of circumstance because we were meant to get this almighty blow off. Uh, to take over WrestleMania weekend, but then nothing happened. So it unfortunately became a victim of circumstance for the second time running that we had this Gargano Champa feud that we were about to pay off and then we couldn't really do it in the way that we wanted to. Um, I think Gargano as a heel has been a solid improvement on Gargano. Yeah, I feel like we were we were at shark jumping point with Gargano as a face. Like it's it's only so long you can remain like the, the 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 plucky baby face before people start, and they already had they're already turning on him anyway. Like you lost that momentum, and yeah, the this it was sad. The 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 reignited Champa Gargano feud I thought was at the time I was I was it was great to see. There was some great promo work back and forth, but kind of in in hindsight compared to what they were doing the year or so before, it was it was very warmed up. Um, it was very like, like microwaved dinner from last night, like that sort of thing in in hindsight. But as a face, him and Candice have had some great stuff on the on in promo world. They are they've developed new stars along the way, which I think is really important to do. And um, as North American champion, 
I think he's in a good place. I think he could kind of be how like an alternative reality John Cena type. You know, when John Cena won the US title and was yeah. giving those opportunities to to people to step up and take it from him. I think Gargano could be somebody that does that now. Now we've had the bit with Leon Ruff. I think that's wrapping up. And uh, I think we're going to see Gargano mixing it up with some younger faces to bring them along. So, And I think he... Oh, I want to... Am I putting him in the best or at the very top of lovely, lovely, lovely though? I feel like... I feel like NXT is better for him and the, and the Gargano way being around. So I am going to put him in the best. I can't really argue with you, Tom, because myself and Matthew, I know Matthew definitely agrees. I really struggle with um, Johnny Gargano as a babyface when he's not up against Tommaso Ciampa. I've, I don't know what it is, but I really do struggle to get invested in him as a babyface when it's not against a bastard like Tommaso Ciampa. So this mm. heel turn, and especially the vignettes inside the home with Candice and the, the power couple and the stuff with Indy Hartwell and the TV, uh, the build-up to water, sorry, not War Games, the build-up to In Your House and the match, the stuff with Keith Lee and then the, the stuff with the, the, the doorbell and whatever happened on the, the In Your House set, although that was all good stuff. And... Yeah, it's it's it, the heel stuff does. It's weird to say because it's Johnny Gargano, but for me, the heel stuff is better. It's more investable, if that makes any sense mm. to you whatsoever. And of course, the stuff with Leon Ruff, the shock win was absolutely fantastic. No doubt about it, as many professional wrestlers in the world today would have been pitched that idea and they would have said no. So credit to Johnny Gargano for going, hey, I'm a heel, let's laugh at me, good on you. Well done, yeah, Johnny Gargano. And, own, and just owning it and, and, and doing it to the best of your ability. Like, and just going out there and just going, not only am I going to do this, but we're going to do this re- really, really well. We're going to just hold nothing back and we're just going to have some fun with it. So Gargano, I think, has been an asset to NXT this year. He's been very much a link to the old NXT when so much has been changing. He's been sort of this divine constant and it's good to see. Yeah. So continuing with the way we now have Austin Theory, who started the year on Monday Night Raw. He got a WrestleMania 36 payday out of his appearances on Monday Night Raw, where he sort of took the place, excuse me, of Andrade, when Andrade was out with his uh, wellness policy suspension thing. And after WrestleMania, of course, where himself and Angel Garza failed to become Raw Tag Team Champions, the Vega boys... They ran Monday Night Raw for a long bloody time, appearing so many times throughout the night. Yes, of course, uh, Austin Theory was very much like a, a second second fiddle to what was going on with Zelina Vega and Andrade and Angel Garza and those falling out and then getting back together and falling out again. But he was there, and he was there cutting some short, but also very charismatic promos, I guess we should say. Mm, yeah, he was... It's been a funny old year for for Austin Theory and Ring. I mean, there's been some high points that we've, we've as you've as you've gone through. I feel like the I think there were other circumstances going on behind the scenes that we probably won't go into that put the stoppers on him yeah. from from achieving much much more. When Austin Theory joined last year, there was this vibe of here is the guy that is going to lead. NXT going forward before 2020 this was the theory that here is the guy pun intended here is the guy that that's he's, he can talk he can walk he can wrestle he can he's the he's the package this is this is where we're going that hasn't materialized for me yeah. which I'm which again circumstances away from in ring have have been a, have played a massive role in that and it's I get why but it's been sad to see this stop start for somebody who felt like they were going to be the, the the thing you build the brand around. Like to go from 
being in there with Andrade and Garza um, to being briefly associated with Seth Rollins. That disappears overnight. Losing streak on NXT. And now sort of the idiot in the way, which is where he sits. These things change. These, these, you know, like we've seen wrestlers go on to prominence after, you know, being in, in weird situations, but we can only gauge it on what we see. And, I think in terms of his in terms of his time on NXT, I think we've got to put him in in all right. I would even argue bearable. Really? Yeah, the losing streak. Because the one thing that I the one thing, the losing streak, yeah, but what I'd say is he's actually been very when he's been on the losing streak, he's actually been very good in ring. Yeah. Like he's 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 performed well when he's been in there. But he is he is this doesn't have any any bearing on my grading. He's well below where I thought he was gonna land this year. Like well below. But the, the in ring, like in ring, every time he has wrestled, he's wrestled well. Like he's he's competed. He's been he's been a strong force in there. He had a great match against Gargano before he ended up leaving and doing the the ghost face thing. And and you know what? Top marks for the big reveal. He uh, he he got my nostalgia, my nostalgia uh, heart. Where's my heart? It's there somewhere. Um, the he got my nostalgia heart a ticking. When following the reveal of him being Ghostface at NXT TakeOver, he looked down the barrel of the camera and went, it was me all along, Austin. Like, oh, chef's kiss. Put a little comma in there. You have brought back some memories of 1999 and uh, the higher power. Nicely done. But you're still low where you should be, pal. You should be further up, but you're not. Stick him in all right. I agree with that one. And then Candice LeRae, and thank goodness... The heel stuff has really come to the fore this year because it would do my head in knowing what we knew about Candice LeRae on the independent scene, getting bloody, doing death-defied stuff here, there and everywhere. But then she arrived in NXT and she was said to Johnny Gargano, now don't you do some dangerous things, Johnny. Stop mm-hmm. being so silly with your professional wrestling. That would do my head in when we know what she's capable of. But thank goodness she's really... <sighs> She's she's just become so much better this year. She's I know obviously she's been getting featured more prominently, and that's always going to happen, obviously. But um, yeah, just the more death-defying stuff coming into her game, being that the 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 arsehole that she is, and she plays that so well. It's just been a good year all round for Candice LeRae, I think. She is absolutely shone in 2020. Um, in the been in the mix so many times with 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 some big competitors. Um, enjoyed the stuff that she did with Io Shirai. In more recent memory, thought that was really good. The Shotzi Blackheart stuff in recent memory has been really good as well. And just generally being really good at being an arse. I think the Gargano family have uh, played a blinder in 2020. They've really leaned into into this heel role, the whole the uh, the the family values style skits which featured them being lovely and lovey-dovey and then just suddenly cutting to these these wild mental streams of consciousness have just been brilliant. And she's leaned into it as well as Johnny. I think that she compliments Gargano as much as Gargano compliments her. And there there isn't there isn't this vibe of um, they they feel on the same level. Like neither like Candice doesn't feel beneath Johnny, and that's that's testament to what they both do. They both pull themselves up. So I want to put her in the best. I think she's generally somebody that has been the women's division in NXT has been stronger for the presence of Candice LeRae this year. I just want to see the comments melt. So she's in there. She's in the best tier, right yep. alongside Don't her lovely WWE. Me, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just other highlights from this year. She was in the Women's Royal Rumble. 
which I yeah. cannot remember at all. Then we had a takeover match where she was on the heel team who won by beating Mia, uh, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotty Blackheart. She lost the takeover 31 to uh, Io Shirai in the in the in the title match. Uh, the tables, ladders, and scares match. Ha! Puns. Um, <laughs> and then of course we have the stuff to round out the air with the the, the way becoming a bona fide stable on NXT. She's just, I think she's been great and thank goodness mm. she's allowed to do stuff that we know she's capable of instead of going, no, Johnny, stop being so dangerous, you silly man. Oh, yeah. I did my head in. Indy Hartwell uh, delivered a television to the Gaganos. <laughs> on this year. Um, she got a win over Shotzi Blackheart, I found out doing my research for this tier ranking malarkey. Uh, over, uh, over Shotzi in July, that was. Uh, but she's had lots of losses on NXT TV to the likes of Tegan Knox and Mia Yim. She took part in the, the women's title number one contender battle royal in September. Then we had the stuff at Halloween Havoc where she joined The Way, but we didn't know it was The Way back then when she joined the Garganos back at Halloween Havoc. And then she got involved at War Games. She's done some stuff, but not too much, Tom. She has. She's she's a late bloomer in 2020. Is Indy Hartwell somebody that always had a good um, a good upside? But the involvement with Gargano, like you say, giving them a TV, getting on side with them, I think, and and it was in the little things going back to that battle royal, and how like when she delivered the TV, it came with a flash drive, and she, and it shows how Indy Hartwell was protecting Candice LeRae in the Battle Royal. And it was such a subtle bit of storytelling, the commentators didn't acknowledge it, as as I recall. So when we see it, we go, oh, wow. And I like little subtle drops like that. For me, like it sounds really, it sounds bizarre, but the neck brace has been a fun little addition to Indy Hartwell's <laughs> uh, setup and get up because she's, she took an eclipse from Ember Moon about a month back and she's been wearing a neck brace ever since. I feel like it might become the D'Lo Brown chest protector uh, for Indy Hartwell. Just this gimmick that keeps on keeping on. Um, I don't want to, we can't really put a really, because it's, again, late bloomer. Yeah, um, it's, I think so all right to the maximum here. I it? think all right, but I feel like next year you're, you're going to develop a, a, a star in Indy Hartwell if you have the if you have the gumption to do so you can develop a star with Indy Hartwell and the Garganos in the mix as well so I want to see more from her next year and then we have what might just be the first bin worthy competitors on this NXT tier rank malarkey and that's just through do uh, well doing absolutely nothing we have Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir I found out Tom well I remembered of course first of all that uh, Raw Underground they were there they were there and did a did a couple of things. And then, as Jessamyn Duke hasn't had a televised match this year, Shafir was in the Battle Royal in September, and that's your lot for 2020. Well, they got to go in the bin. Um, that's, and again, another low-ranking low year for them. I think it's the worst year for them than last year. Mm. And it sucks because, you know, you've, you, you know they're two people with, with, with great connections and, a, and, and a, potentially some really good character stuff there. But they just haven't really done... They're, they don't stand out as solid in-ring workers. They don't. And that's a shame because, you know, as the potential to have like this badass MMA tag team in the WWE women's tag division, that's a great call. You have this team that, that isn't isn't the biggest or the or the, the wildest, but they'll just come in and, and, and stretch you and break you. But they're not good enough. They're just yeah. not good enough for that. Don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure that that uh, 
they break me in the amount of time it would take for me to attempt to say Jesse Duke. <laughs> I think I said it right. Oh, what a moment. <laughs> the boyhood dream has come true. Now, they, no, they're, they're legit badasses, but I don't think they've gravitated to sports entertainment. No. As well as, as they should have done by this point. They need Ronda Rousey back. That's what they need. They are brilliant. They'd be brilliant in the role as like Ronda Rousey. Um, hired goons. Hired goons. Yeah, just have them as the muscle. You know, that's what you do. But as they've yeah in the bin. Yeah, Damien Priest. Who uh, is it? Fair to say he's really coming to his own. I, I get that. Oh, well, when I was just absolutely just the perfect guy with the perfect gimmick. It's just I know it's it's this um this sassy man who goes out on the town at night in these weird see-through shirts and that that's, that is just him apparently. So this is just him turning to eleven. But I really feel like he's just just coming to his own this year. Just he is. He just feels like a big time deal in NXT now. I think last year, end of last year, you had quite a few big beefy boys in NXT. You had your Keith Lee's. You had your your Dijakovics. You had. A bit more presence for a Bronson Reed. So Damien Priest, whilst Punishment Martinez comes with a lot of flavour, he was a bit lost in the shuffle, really. Like, it, it was just like, he didn't stick. Whereas this year, he stood out. Like, and he has found himself in some really quality situations where he, like you say, he's just got this character that just, that, that is, it's almost Razor Ramon-esque in the I, sense ooh. that it is just this, this sort of like this this well-to-do badass off the street who's just like, hey, I'm I'm flipping brilliant, me. I wanna, I like dressing well and like partying and all this stuff. And I'll but take his girlfriend while I do it. Yeah, but but and he's just but he has really grown into this this style and had some great matches along the way as well. Now he's a former North American champion, which has also been great to add that to it. I think his match against Finn Balor was a personal highlight from yeah. In Your House. They work really hard together. And I, I cannot remember off the top of my head where we ranked Damien Priest last year. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> but I know he's not going to be where we put him because I'm putting him in the best. Whoa! That is I think large. I think that this year has been a great year for Damien Priest. I think that he's... And, and the fact that he is closing out this year at time of recording, he is closing out this year in there with Cowrie and Cross... That oh, yeah. shows you how they feel about Damien Priest. Like yeah. The fact that he is in the mix with somebody who's making a comeback. He's really stood out this year as Priest. The stuff that they've done recently with Ruff and Gargano has been excellent. I think he was the right guy to win the vacant North American title in, in, a, in a beauty of a ladder match. Like His work rate really shone in that as well. Um, I think that overall, it's, it's been a great time for Priest. And he and I genuinely... I wonder whether... Is it is it a bit gregarious of me to say that I think that next time you and I sit here to talk about this in 2021, that he will have been or he will be the NXT champion? I thought you were going to say main roster there, but yeah, hopefully just no, NXT I don't, champion. No, I don't think he's going to the main roster till 22. I hope I he never goes staying. to the main roster because they, oh, will they will not understand what he's about at all on the main roster. I can't wait for Vince <laughs> to try and figure it out. <laughs> But so that'll next, be 2022. Yeah. So next up, we're moving on to uh, Wani and Tui 
Danny Birch oh. and Tony Lorcan, the current NXT Tag Team Champions, as were sat here on December the 14th, who starred the year, by the way, Tom, in NXT UK, feuding with Gallus. They had a match against uh, my pal Primate. I'm sure your pal as well. You must have met the Primate, haven't you? Ah, um, no, Jay. Love Jay. <laughs> and Wild Boar. Uh, they called out Imperium, but then uh, went on to lose a number one contenders match to Breezango. Then they replaced Fish and O'Reilly in the NXT title match, and they went and won the bloody titles from Breezango. And then we had Pat McAfee slipping them a $10 bill across the bar to say, come and help me out in my battles against the Undisputed Era. It's been a pretty solid year, hasn't it? It's been a, they've been solid workers all, all the time. Like, Brit and Brawlers have been a phenomenal tag team for ages. Like, there's... There's takeover matches where they've had they've had against the Undisputed Era and the like. That one where they you... opened the takeover and everyone was going, why the hell are these two lads on takeover? Then they had everyone standing on their feet just applauding what they were doing. I thought it was an amazing moment. Really want to watch that match now. That's great. Yeah. Um, Lorcan and Birch are brilliant. They are, and this year, this year they kind of they kind of backdoored into a, a dream scenario. It was they were like it looked like Ridge Holland was going to be like the focus for the last part of this year. But then obviously in, in taking a, in catching only Lorcan in a dive ended up injured, getting injured. He's now on the shelf until next year, which I'm good about because I was ready for Ridge Holland to flipping scorch the earth with a Yorkshire accent, but that's not happening until next year. That time will come. So, and in doing that, they kind of, they retrofitted the story nicely to have Pat McAfee go, well, if I can't have Rich Holland, I'll have the guys that took him out. Like, that's ball. That's great storytelling. So you, they kind of backdoored into this big storyline. Were they going to be in it eventually? I don't know. But what I do know is they're there now and it's exactly where they need to be. I, I love them as champions. I wish the division they are representing had was, was, was a bit bigger. Yeah. Because we'll talk more, obviously we'll mention other tag teams, but you've got There's not many, Tom. <laughs> there's not much. And 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 it's very lopsided because you've got the Britain Brawlers who are a heel team. You've got Everise who are a heel team and very low down the ranking, in my opinion. Grizzled Young Veterans who are a heel team. You've got Imperium who are a heel team. You've got Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Great characters. One of your very few babyface teams. Brizango and uh, Brizango, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I think we've that's a that's, it. that's a and spent it, force. That's a spent force. That team itself is a spent force. I don't know what more you do with them. I'm trying to think if we've mentioned if we've missed any other tag teams. No, in fact, you've got one too many tag Unispe- teams. Undisputed era. Imperium aren't even part of the official NXT roster. No, so they're NXT they, UK, aren't they? They're not on this tier ranking thing. Um, so yeah, the the. the t- but this is tag. This is just symptomatic of tag team wrestling across the board in WWE. They just don't give a toss, do they? And they go seems- through stages where it comes to life. They're like short bursts. They're like shooting stars in the sky. You'll have these brief times where the tag divisions are just full of flavour and, and vitality and excitement. But what I'm really sad that Britain Brawlers have won the belts now, when there isn't, where the division is probably at its least interesting. Yeah. You know, I kind of want to see some more baby, some more strong baby faces on the other side. Like as much as I love Maverick and Dane, we'll get to that in a bit. We need more variety on that side of the water. But um, I want to put them both in lovely, lovely, lovely. I think I think, I think consistent. I don't think they've they've reached their peak, so I don't want to put them in the best. But certainly lovely, lovely, lovely. Great showing in war games as well. They just they shine wherever you put them. They are they are safe pairs of hands who can graft. And one East Twitter game. 
is fantastic. Of course. <laughs> um, Good I'm job, gonna Biff. Ask, I'm going to ask you a big question now, Tom. Has Dexter Loomis, have we jumped the shark with Dexter Loomis? No. No, I don't think we have. I think there is, there's still more to do. I, are you, I'm getting the vibe that you are um, not a fan of the... Uh, I don't know if it's of just the loom. my hatred of strap matches... But okay. we've had a few from Dexter Loomis this year, and I know what I know. WWE always do this, where they find one facet of a of a, a superstar's character, and they just hammer that home time and time and time again. And I like how we've added different strokes to Dexter Loomis this year, but it's it starting to go down that sort of the one trip pony kind of route, instead mm. of opening up to this weird slithering man who is an artist and it's a very varied character but we're, we're going down in my opinion I might be wrong here but it feels like we're just going down that one thing hammering home that he's a bit of a weirdo he looks in the camera very strongly indeed more stuff yeah. needs to come it's, 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 I hope they don't we haven't ruined it yet that's why I asked the question I didn't say it definitively by the way um, but we're, it's starting to feel that way with me I don't know about you I think the, the one thing that sticks out is his style um, there's the NXT style. There is there is very much a pronounced NXT style, and and it's fast and it's you know plunger into the commercial break, rest holds when we come back, fire up, cut down, fire up, everyone hit L one, and there's your match. Several million kickouts and a partridge in a pear tree, um, and Loomis isn't that. Dexter Loomis's style is very slow and meticulous and calculated and it doesn't the the problem is the way that that works it's not like Timothy Thatcher in the sense that Thatcher is a is a mat tactician and he's very emotive with it because Loomis is is emotionless and slow he's he is if the NXT cast were were if if the NXT cast were the were the playable characters in Diddy Kong Racing Right, Dexter Loomis would probably be crunched in the sense that it's a slower character. Probably could take a bit more heat, take a bit more, take a few more bumps, but is isn't really going to get you to the finish line in any great with any great joy. That's a Diddy Kong Racing reference. Yeah, <laughs> tearless, you are welcome, America. But yeah, I don't think we've jumped the shark. I I know you are sort of you're bringing the walls in a bit on what we can do with him. Yeah, and again, another guy that doesn't need a championship. Another no. guy doesn't need to be a champion. Just like let you... him be weird. Let him be weird. Let him be weird. Let... And, and he's been very weird this year. And they have added some new strokes this year. The, the making him uh, a caricaturist is is an interesting one. Um, the the House of Terror, the Haunted House of Terror, I, I thought was just a bit of good campy fun at Halloween Havoc. I think that. And then the following segment where you had... All the the zombies crawling into the ring. I thought it was it was daft wrestling and its daftest and its bestest. Um, and he also abducted a couple of men. He did. That's right. <laughs> he, he gave he gave Roderick Strong PTSD essentially, <laughs> and and uh, and and scares Cameron Grimes quite a bit as well. But um, should we put him in? I think lovely, lovely, lovely because yeah. I still like him. I'm just worried that we are getting sort of down the route that we normally do in WWE and it's, it's getting there fast but then it, the, the feud with Cameron Grimes was great though and he played his role in that too yeah perfection. and the stuff with Velveteen Dream I guess earlier in the year uh, was also good as well and giving Ronnie Strong PTSD brought out the best of Ronnie Strong as well so mm-hmm. I think he's still had a good year let's put him in lovely 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 
Yeah. And then speaking of someone who probably isn't going to make it to Lovely, 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 or all right, we have Jesse Camille, who I thought would have been a big deal in NXT because going back a little while, she had that sort of vlogger, YouTuber gimmick kind of thing. And I was thinking, wow, no one's really done that in WWE or AEW, um, on a big stage at least. Like, why not? Why not do it? It's very popular in the world today, as we know. Satya being very popular, Gary YouTubers in our own right. Ha ha ha! Tom, have done well. We could have walked into the ring. <laughs> yeah. um, but then she saw just hasn't. I don't know if she's been injured a hell of a lot, but she just really hasn't hasn't done anything. There's, there's just no place for her on the roster at the moment. So I kind of want to, with the greatest respect, Jesse Kabir. I think just get her in the bin because there's. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm always reluctant to put people in the bed because it's my nature. But she hasn't done anything. And there's not much to really like, apart from the odd match where she's had a, a flurry. Like, there's nothing to grade her on, especially. Like, the YouTube blogger thing hasn't really materialized in 2020. <sighs> she's going in the bin. I'm sorry, Jess. You haven't, you haven't done anything. Do you haven't really done? done anything. Do you want to know what she's done? Go on. She was in a number one contendership battle royal. She was in that one. But she obviously did, she didn't win or didn't do anything notable. And then she's lost to Miriam, Dakota Kai, Ember Moon, and the team of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Is it Caden Carter? I've forgotten what her name is. Caden Carter, Caden yeah. Caden Carter, yeah. And uh, that's it. Yeah, she's in the bin. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Drake Maverick. What a oh. weird year. Wait, what's your stance yeah. on the whole release thing turning into a storyline? Um, I... I... I think he was rehired to the company, I think probably an hour after that video went out where he cried. I think yeah. an hour later he was probably rehired. I, I don't think there was, we were waiting, he was waiting. I don't think he was expecting it. I genuinely think he was released. I genuinely think they put out a thing, they put out a video to say like, I'm wrapping up. And I think he was rehired afterwards because they went, actually, there's there's something there. So I do think the the, the release was legit because I feel like he was one of those guys that was just sort of lost in the shuffle. But he's he he spoke about it and he became the talking point. Like I'm sad that when all that was going down, we didn't have crowds at wrestling shows because that would have told the story. Like Drake Maverick's desire to to make it to the finals of the of the cruiserweight championship tournament with a with a crowd cheering him on would have just been excellent like they yeah. they really kept they they milked that right to the, the they 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 took every drop of that every single drop of that they did to the point where like it was you was you were still guessing as he was walking up the ramp and was yeah. it triple h that came out and just said they are have that your contract there your contract. Lost- warm and fuzzies warm and fuzzies good to see a west midland guy doing well it's always nice to see one of ours doing well but then he came back and there was some there was a brief dalliance with the cruiserweight champion with Santos Escobar that just sort of disappeared and and then we have the stuff he's been doing with Killian Dane which is which was ex which is excellent we need stuff. more we need more of that cuz it's sort of it's sort of stopped hasn't it as we're sat here now i think they they reached like a they reached the point of like they reached the, the the sort of the middle point too quickly where they went it's drake and dane their theme music dane hates tagging with him <clears throat> i think they did it in about four weeks they we went dane hates this dane's given him a chance dane's been a bit nicer dane helps him like they did it in about four weeks where they could have really they could have spun it out a touch longer i think yeah 
I think it will lead to them becoming tag champions. They'll put the tag team belts on them. They're in the mix now. But really, yeah, a year of two halves to go from being like this talking point of the industry to, to, to again, making something good with Killian Dane that he's been doing and he's still in the mix. Um, I want to put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. At the because, bottom yeah. Yes, but simply because he is... Drake Maverick's always proved that whatever you give him, he will own it and he will run with it and he will just dig his heels in and he'll make magic with it. He's... He's one of those guys. So definitely in lovely, lovely, lovely for me. He's such a talented bloke and such a likable one as well. It's, yeah. It's a, Not many a... people on that roster have that sympathy from from getting beaten up. Like whenever he was on the defense in that tournament, like your heart ached for him because you all you wanted to do, you you because because you know the story they tell, that they tell it so well because you you know that Drake Maverick isn't as good as Kushida. Yeah. You know he's not. You know he's not as good as most people in this tournament, but you're pulling for him. And whenever he's on the receiving end, you're like, oh, no, this is it. Like, they captured a really wonderful moment there. It's a bit... There is there is this element of of sort of sickiness that comes from the fact that it came from very real job losses in the company, yeah. that this happened. So there is that, you know, there's, there's, there's a sourness at the end of it, around it, but... I can't fault the guy for doing what he did. I think if any of us were in that situation and there was massive job losses, but you were given the opportunity to stay, I like to think that anybody would just absolutely run with it and own it and and do the best of it. You know, yeah. I've been in I've been in positions where I would in, in previous work where there's been massive job losses and I've been one that's taken somebody's place in a job loss and it's horrible. But you go well. Uh, this is this is the hand I've been dealt, and I'm, I'm gonna do it. And that's what Drake's no, done. Yeah. No, you're not gonna say no. Of course not. So here's to here's to at the very least a tag title reign for Drake Maverick in 2021. Yeah, and I think the, the sky's the limit for Drake Maverick as a babyface. I think, and then as a heel, well, forget about he's a he's a, a fantastic sniveling he's, heel as well. Oh, he's great. He could do anything going forwards. Now I hope they I hope they give him a shot, a, something well worth to sink his teeth into. Because so far. The Dane stuff aside and the Cruiserweight tournament aside, if you think of AO, AOP and stuff like that, it's, it's not really added so far, as he so hopefully gets it next year. Uh, Brizango. Fandango was injured this time last year. Uh, Brizango returned in June uh, when he defeated Wally Logan and Danny Birch and uh, the Undisputed Era in a number one contenders match for the, the tag team titles, which they failed to win from Imperium. They won a number one contenders match again at TakeOver XXX and then became champions in August and they would lose their titles to Oni and to Danny after 56 days. And their stuff with Beth Phoenix is always a highlight for me. You always pull the wool over Beth Phoenix's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time they go, hey, oh, here's some double entendres. A little bit of carry-on commentary from Beth Phoenix every time they make entrances. Um, I think, yeah, they've had a they've had a renaissance in NXT. We're seeing the Brizango that I think we should have seen back in like 2017, 2018. This is the Brizango we should have seen on the main roster. And and they've 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 really gone for it. They kind of they they became the moment they came back, they were like the veterans of NXT. Like there's a, there's like an, like an old guard nature to what they do, which they've owned and embraced. But I feel like now they've won the titles. They've had that sort of redemption story of like, we were dismissed on the main roster. We're here to try and, you know, rekindle something. And they've won the tag titles. I don't know where you go with them now. Like, I feel like that's, that's the, their story's now been told. Unless you use that energy to, to, effectively get over another tag team i think that story is now told always bring back the fashion files 
I don't know if I would have been magnified. I feel like that's done. Yeah. I feel like that's. I feel. I feel like yeah. I think they'll they'll stick around, but I feel like they've peaked. I don't know what more they can do. I don't see. I don't see a. Oh, I, you can't turn them heel because every tag team is a flipping heel in NXT. <laughs> you can't turn them heel. There's no other teams. But there's. I think they've hit the roof of what they can do now. I'm not saying it's bad. I think there's been some good stuff to come from this year. I kind of think like now you use them to put over other talent, whether you break them off into singles and have and have them work in a different capacity there. It would like, be nice to see Tyler Breeze re- rekindle that gimmick he had in 2015 with his seasonal residences and stuff like that. Because well, he that... teased it when he came back. He was yeah. he was in there and he and he briefly came back. It was I think was that even th- that was this year. He was in action. It was this it year. Have, yeah, it might have been maybe the early part of the year because Fandango was out until the summer. So he was in there with Austin Theory. That was when we thought Austin Theory might be going to become a thing because Austin mm. Theory was kind of playing this sort of like new cool kid in town. And there's Tyler Breeze who was who came along and Theory's calling him old man and calling him the old guard and all that stuff. And like I think Breeze could do stuff like that again, as mm. could Fandango. I think they've I think they've reached their. Their, their limit as a tag team. All right for this year? Top of all right. I agree with that one. Top and of all right. Santana Garrett is a weird one because she seems like a nice lady. She dresses like Wonder Woman. She, mm. she always has nice matches, but she's not she's... really done anything of note, has she? <laughs> no. Uh, she's done, okay, she's done more than Duke, Shafir and Kamea. Yeah. In the sense that she's been in the ring more, I think. I think but in terms of effectiveness she's in just about bearable no disrespect to her i just she hasn't just really... hasn't been used enough actually we have, no. what i found on my, my research here is the battle royal for rhea's title in a one contendership in portland she was in that one uh main event she was on where she got beat by liv morgan uh, she had a raw debut against bianca belair in the early part of the lockdown era i think that was then she's lost to Io shirai to bianca belair once again and mia yim on nxt tv she's lost to Aaliyah as well I know, sorry, she beat Aaliyah on NXT TV. And then her last match was on July the 1st, which was a defeat to Mercedes Martinez. Um, so, yeah, she was. she's always always nice to see her, but she doesn't really do anything of note, does she? She really doesn't. So I think just about bearable for now. See what next year brings. Finn Balor. Oh, Finjamin. Finjamin's the best. Finjamin Balor. <laughs> Stick the king in the top. Stick the prince in the top rather than the king. He's the prince. He's been uh, an absolute asset to NXT. And it comes back to what we what we mentioned at the very beginning of, of our chat today, in that when, when NXT went up against AEW, it no longer became like the developmental place where you can sort of learn your craft and make mistakes and stuff. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, all eyes are on us. We've got to put the hours in. Yeah. And with that, you you need some of those names to be a part of it, and Finn Balor is actually the perfect name, right? He's the he's there is nobody else on the main roster that you could have brought back, that that could have done what they've done effectively as Finn Balor. He is somebody that has the gravitas of the main roster and the respectability of being an NXT guy. He is somebody that that in terms of his feel and style 
just blends so well with everyone on that roster. You could put him in the ring with everybody and Balor is able to get a great match with them. He has been around the loop long enough so that not only can he guide you in ring, but he can guide new wrestlers through the, the muddy waters of the politics and other brands as well. Like his reach reaches beyond in-ring stuff. And in terms of match quality, he's been an absolute star this year. Every time he's got in there, he has had he has had great to excellent encounters and he'll have many more and in doing that he's brought people up with him Damien Priest's game was elevated from working with Bala uh, to see Kyle. to Kyle O'Reilly's oh my Kyle O'Reilly became a main event star the moment he got in there with Finn Bala an NXT main eventer and Bala is so giving with everybody he has competed with uh, I feel like I feel like him and Karrion Cross are set to compete down yeah. the road. I have no doubt that Finn Balor will 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 strap the rocket to Karrion Cross. Like again, Finn Balor becoming NXT champion. Another great reason why he's a great person to have there because he is somebody that will when 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 they all hit the fan when Karrion Cross got injured and all of a sudden they're having to rethink the the next six months of NXT. You've got Balor there who has that respect of the NXT fan base and and that believability so you could put the championship on him and it doesn't feel like oh it's a wwe guy coming down and winning the belt it doesn't feel like that with balor it feels like a guy who was there first time round is come back to do it again and to do it better and and that is down to the way that balor has has represented himself and nxt as the champion the way he's talked about how important that championship is he hasn't been turning up on raw and smackdown with it because his focus is nxt he, you know, and and that there's there's a lot of difference between the way that Charlotte Flair carried herself as a maid. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Roster person with the, with the NXT belt, as opposed to Finn Balor. There's a lot more sort of respect put onto that belt for Finn Balor being it. Finn Balor is unquestionably the best. Only drawback for me, Tom, because I'm a negative Nancy, is these promo, <laughs> these promos he's cutting with, they're a bit cringe for me with the double meanings. Like, oh, that's a shoot term. Like, oh, you want the Finn push to you? Oh, it's an insider term. Look at the insider terms I can use. But I think, that's, I think that works for Finn. And I'll tell you why, because another another layer of this character of Finn Balor is somebody that, that went from NXT to the main roster. So there is an element of Billy Big Bollocks about Balor coming back. 
and using these terms, you know, he's a bit like, you know, he's a bit like a friend that would go and live in France for six months and come back and <laughs> start going ooh la la. You know, that's it's like that, isn't it? It's it's that style, and so and I think he, I don't, I'm not against the idea of him sort of being a little bit behind the curtain with lines like that. I think the only time where the promos have, have got on my nerves is when he's he started dropping idioms like they're going out of fashion. <laughs> like, hey, you're playing here like the, all the now the cat's away, the mice are play. Well, the cat is back and look at what he dragged in. Like, whoa, <laughs> Jesus, combo breaker on the idioms, mate. Chill your beans. Um, but I think, but away from that, I think that he's... It is, it, overall, those promos are succinct. Like he, he, and that comes from working on the, the big rosters, of the Raw and SmackDown world. Like he knows he'll he'll say, right, you've got ninety seconds. Go on, go out there and do your promo, and he'll make a, a compelling ninety second promo without blinking. Like, yeah. and he's he's an asset in the ring. He's an asset away from it. Everybody benefits from being in his orbit. He is the best. Now we're moving on to Mr. Swerve Scott himself, Tom. When I say Swerve Scott to you, are you thinking podcast? Are you thinking songs? Are you thinking wrestling? I'm thinking the wrestles. I'm thinking our boy Isaiah Swerve Scott. <laughs> Shane Strickland in the house. Uh, Swerve has had... It's it's a, another year or two off, Jeff. Um, it's been... Like, there was a big... When Swerve sort of became part of the Cruiserweight mix, like, he was in there with, with Santos Escobar... After Escobar became champion, he was in amongst all of that when we saw the big heel turn of El Hijo del Fantasma to become Santos Escobar. He was in the mix with all of that stuff. And um, he he had a couple of shots at the championship. And I think the last one that he had, I thought, well, okay, well, he's got to win this. Because if he doesn't, it's a bit silly. And then he didn't. And it's like, oh, okay. And this, I feel like the last we saw of him was him walking out looking angry after losing a match to Jake Atlas. So I feel like we're at risk of sort of Isaiah Swerve Scott dropping off the radar in NXT because I thought we were so close to getting him as the Cruiserweight champion and they never pulled the trigger on it. No. And and, and now I don't really know where he where he fits there. Like there's like the the, the stuff with Legado del Fantasma seems to be done. I don't know what he's moving on to next, which is a bit of a concern. Yeah, but the heel stuff, we've got to give it a go. Because for me, while the, the wrestling is obviously impeccable, because it's fantastic, it's the yeah. character. The character work's not quite there as a babyface for me. I don't know about you. I don't mind it. But yeah, it could be could be slightly better. And you can see, I can see him being a heel as well with the sort of laid back, cool nature that he's got and the theme music. And obviously, he could he could be a bit like Pat McAfee, leaning into the podcast world and saying, "Oh, I'm a success at that. I'm a success. You know what I mean? That sort of stuff. That's yeah. all vibe. Got the music want, going on in the background as well. I want to see him do some some healy stuff next year. I think that's where we're going. In ring, he's great. Um, but I think with NXT, I think you need to be more than just great in ring. Everyone is, aren't they? Yeah. Everyone's great in ring. What do you do that's different? Yeah. And Swerve, I feel like, needs a bit of that. But he has worked hard this year. I kind of want to put him at the end of Lovely, Lovely, Lovely. Ooh, I'll go for that. It's just yeah. Because a lot of his year has been just down to wrestling. He had the Cruiserweight tournament and the feud with Fanta. It's, it's, just been, it's, it's just been a lot of wrestling, hasn't it? And it's been good wrestling as well. Started hmm. the Eric Worlds Collide with a good match as well. Yes, yes. He's done some... He, that was a good... Actually, that was a good little... How do I forget about the Worlds Collide match, the four-way? Yeah, it was excellent four, yeah. work. Yeah, great, great wrestler. Just... Let's, let's see how the heel thing goes. I feel like there's some potential there. 
And just looking at the picture I've used here with the glasses and the, the jacket and whatnot he's got going on, oh, he, looks a like a heel. he looks like a heel to me. He looks like great a heel. look. It's yeah. those round glasses. When you got round glasses, you're a heel in my opinion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very and then nice moving that. on to Raquel Gonzalez, who debuted Ooh. in NXT at TakeOver Portland, of course, helping Dakota Kai defeat Tegan Knox. Then she helped Kai win a few more matches, including a cage match, I think, against Tegan as well. Uh, in your house, excuse me. Candice Kai and Gonzalez lost, of course, to Yim, Shotzi and Tegan Knox. Uh, the advantage ladder match is the one where I thought, wow, this big sweaty woman has got some <laughs> stuff going on because that was the... Obviously, she comes in and she, she power bombs people. She can lift people really high and slam them really hard. We've seen that before. But I was thinking this last can wrestle as well. She's not, she's not just your stereotypical, I'm a heat magnet, a heater, as they like to call them in the, in the business. <laughs> She is going to have an amazing 2021. I'm really high on what Raquel Gonzalez is doing at the moment. I think there is bags of potential. I think like a lot of people, there was the consideration that, as you say, it's just a, just like a big body guard type, but she can go. She yeah. proved that against Ripley at, at, uh, at Halloween Havoc. They had a phenomenal hard hitting Contest Like, they just tore strips off each other. They were great. Raquel Gonzalez getting the pin in War Games gives us an indicator as to where the company feel that she fits in. And and time recording, the last NXT that we had in the main event, she pinned Ember Moon pretty clean as a whistle as well. Uh, that's, I think... I would not be shocked if she gets a title run next year. I Maybe the NXT women's title next year, it'll come from Shirai. It'll go from Shirai to Gonzalez, who will defeat Ripley to send her on her way. And then we'll hold it for a while until Shotzi defeats her. I feel like maybe that's where the women's division goes in 2021 for NXT. But Raquel Gonzalez very much in the mix there. I don't think she's done enough this year to put her in the best. Literally because she hasn't done enough, but the stuff she has done has been really good. So I want to put her in lovely, lovely, lovely. Phenomenal second half of the year. Yeah, mm. two halves once again, but then again, she was just getting to know you at the start of the year. Is there Big Mama Cool Diesel? Dakota Kai. Big Shawn Mama Mike. Cool Diesel. If you want. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, big things are coming next year for sure. Next up, we're moving on to Jake Atlas. Ah, now Jake, Jake again is a bit like a Swerve Scott type in the sense that in the mix for the Cruiserweight Championship, then had a few failed attempts and is now like. The difference here is that the story they're telling with Jake Atlas is he's 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 accruing wins. Yeah. Like he's building back up. But he came but but to rewind, like he was in that cruiserweight tournament in the in the round with the with the league tables with Drake Maverick. And there was this this sort of friendly rivalry about the fact that, you know, Jake Atlas is like, I respect you, but I need to win this. You know, with the greatest respect, I need to win this. So it was great to see him in the mix. Came into the company with a lot of fanfare as well. And I don't think we've seen, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I don't think we have. Um, I feel like, I feel like he needs to be a bigger character. I feel like there needs to be a bit more performance element to him. I feel like that's what we need. I think he's got a great finish. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the Rainbow DDT. I think that's great. I think call it the Rainbow DDT as well. They call it the Cartwheel DDT. I think the Rainbow DDT is, is a cracking name for a move. Um, but I think that we need a bit more meat on the bone with Jake Atlas. Again, just being a good wrestler that wins matches isn't enough to stand out. I think him and Swerve will start the year 
wrestling. I think that'll that'll be to benefit Jake. But in terms of what he's done this year, I don't. I'd say all right, personally. I yeah, I don't think he's done enough. Regardless of where we feel about Swerve's trajectory, I don't think Jake has done enough on that level. So I think I want to put him near the top of all right. That's the thing as well. Yeah, I think he's been more on two hundred five live maybe than Swerve mm. Scott has and uh, well Swerve no maybe Swerve's done more on NXT than Jake has so to put him a stage below Swerve at this at this stage I think I think it's fair enough yeah. um, so hopefully yeah he's young as well I think he's only about 26 or something makes you sick in a ton um, <laughs> Casey Catanzaro who who uh, what is going on here because I watch her at the twi- was it the 2019 Women's Royal Rumble stealing the well stealing a portion of the match doing some fantastic things. We have the legitimate background and all that she did in TV and all that malarkey. And she's still not doing anything of note on NXT. No. I think I mean, I'm going to ask you to to do this for, do a double. So Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, because they are Team Casey in NXT. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, and, I, and I hate doing it, they're going just about bearable. Only just, be, just outside just, the bin as well, in my opinion. Yeah, just, just, They've, they're good. That's what's annoying. They're good. There is something there, but nobody is putting the the effort into them. They just turn up every so often. They put on some great tag team techers, and then they lose. Like, or they win, but then get beaten up after. Like, there's there's nobody there really giving them any love, any energy. Like, there is. There is an inconsistency to what they do, and it's hard to to get. But because if you were to if you were to full tilt, laser focus, go right, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, we're going to build them as a women's tag team for NXT, and they are looking for the women's tag team titles that are on this brand. But they're going to do something next year where every week they they show why they deserve a shot at them. And and you do stuff with them. We, you you do more stuff away from that though, because they can wrestle and that's great. But then you build their character away. Like why why should I care about Casey and KC other than the fact that they are good wrestlers and they work well as a team? Tell me more about that friendship. Tell me more about that partnership. Tell me more about that kinship. And you don't. And you haven't. And you've had a year to do it. And that they've just been left to the one side. I'm I'm nervous they'll become also Rans. Yeah, I think I think they were both involved in retribution, not on mast, obviously, not part of the main retribution. But I think they were involved in the, in the initial sort of attacks on SmackDown and Raw. Yeah. But it's weird because to me, just I don't even think Casey Catanzaro needs much of a character just because of how the amazing stuff she can do in the ring. It's sort of like I don't I don't I don't want to say this sense, but I'm going to say it anyway, Tom. It's sort of like a Rey Mysterio kind of thing. I no, hope that's you know what true. I mean when I'm coming at, yeah. But even Rey Mysterio has has character. Even Rey Mysterio has that meat on the bone. He isn't just like, look at the cool moves I do. Because Casey Catanzaro does all the cool moves, but I just don't I don't care about her. Yeah. I feel awful saying that, you know? You know, Trevor's better off. I feel terrible about that. And that's the thing. I'm surprised they didn't lean into more uh, with that on the TV shows because obviously we had the stuff on the PC YouTube channel a while ago where she'll be on every single video speaking about her Trevor and lusting over Ricochet on the main mm. roster sat crying at home watching him in big matches and whatnot so maybe I do oh god no idea the only just... other person that you could have that, that to, to go back to Finn Balor I think the only other person that you could have called back to the, the NXT roster and had that same impact and that same credibility was probably Ricochet he's the only other person I think you could have done that with 
I think. But Balor was a better choice. But I think if Ricochet come back, you could have maybe leaned in a bit more with that. Maybe with Alistair Black Zara. as well in my yeah. Alistair, Alistair Black, Black would have been a good one as well, to be fair. But but unless unless you're going to tell me like I as you as you said then. Like, what do I know about Casey Catanzaro? She cries when Travis on telly. Like, how am I? How am I? Why am I? And then, and then, what? Who's Caden Carter? Well, she's the mate of the person that cries when Travis on telly. <laughs> and if they, and if they live together. Tell that story. Like, <laughs> tell me more. Give me, give me a reason to care about them, and I'll move them up the list next year. But mm. give me a reason. Oh, please, I'm begging you. Give me a reason to care about them. Swear to God. Joaquin Wilde, who of course was jobbing on NXT at the start of the year, but winning some matches on 205 Live, and then he got abducted. And then everything's worked out fine, considering he got abducted. <laughs> He's done all right since since then, hasn't he? Yeah. As, as, as a member of the of uh, Legado del Fantasma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they a, a weird year. Did really well in the middle of it, and it's. It's trailing a little bit. It is. They need to get involved more. I don't know how you would do that. There's just too many people, isn't there, there I was literally about <laughs> to say that just then. They're reaching this point now, once again, NXT, where you are, your market is very full. Like, the, the, it's, you need an NXT for NXT, really. You need, you know, and that's why, but that's, you've got that. You've got 205 Pig in live. And if you use it, tell us you're using it. Yeah. Um, but you, you need to use, like, that's where you're going to, that's where you could put more focus on these people is have them on 205 Live and such like that. And Whacking Wild is a great in-ring performer. Um, you know, it's, it's got, it comes from a good pedigree, good background of stuff and, and has found a lovely niche in this. I like the trios thing that, that Legado Del Fantasma represents. Everything about that, about the pride of Mexican wrestling, of Lucha Libre wrestling, everything from uh, the, the the names to the, to the use of the mask as a weapon, to the fact that they're a trios team. Like everything about that I love and I want to see more of that embraced this year. Um, I want to put him though, I'm going to put him in all right. In ring, he's always really good. Him and I'm going to put him and Raul Mendoza in there because I feel like we'll have the same conversation yeah. about Raul Mendoza, uh, in the sense that somebody that is, is good in the ring and um, has has had a, a, a stronger out in as a part of a team now. Um, but there's more to come. Yeah, we had the the street fight with Brizango is probably the most notable match of the year so far uh, for Raul, especially because was uh, was Joaquin involved in that one or was it? Yeah, yeah, there was a forklift as well where they jumped yes, off a forklift. Yes, yes, yes. That was great times. Yeah, it's just great they need times. to do more because I do is the the look of what they do in that entrance and everything and how they arrive in the cars and what it's just, I just think it's it just looks right, doesn't it? it just looks right. Mm, and then we're going really on does. to Robert Stone, Ooh. who debuted uh, the Robert Stone brand at the start of the year with Chelsea Green as his first client. He was uh, fired by Green after he went after Rhea Ripley. Uh, then he had a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> started not washing, started not taking his clothes to the dry cleaners, and then he recruited Aaliyah and made Aaliyah interesting for the first time in her NXT career. Yes. <laughs> Bloody hell. Jeez, did he do that. Then, wow, what a guy. That's no small feat, because she's been there for ages. I know she's only about, she's still only about 12 years old, but <laughs> she's, been there, she's been there for a hell of a long time. Then, of course, we had the stuff with uh, Mercedes Martinez trying to recruit her and eventually getting her before she went off and did some retribution stuff for some reason and then said, no, that's not for me. I'm leaving that stuff alone. And then we had the handicap match with um, Aaliyah and himself taking on Rhea Ripley, which I know uh, a lot of people didn't like Rhea Ripley sort of getting used in that sort of fashion in a, a comedy match, if you want, but... It, <sighs> 
Roberts does that fill a role, and we don't have that role filled all too often on NXT, the no. silly bugger manager. And I think he's done, he does really well. And then, of course, the meme that was with Shotzi Blackheart running him down with the tank. He, I think he just... I think we need to see more of this. I think it's more. Yeah, definitely. It's so entertaining. Um, and there's so many directions you could go with so many different superstars with somebody like Robert Stone. It's a, it's a complete throwback to a, a managerial role that just isn't utilised as much in WWE these days and probably should be utilised a hell of a lot more. Well, I, I love Robert Stone, man. I think he's great. There's a distinct lack of those of those heel manager roles in wrestling. Any like AEW are bringing them back. Yeah. And love him for that, but like Robert Stone is is a part of uh, is is just sort of your nine your eighties nineties heel manager, and the the one thing I was going to say that has really pushed him up my uh, up, up my ranking really is like you say he made Aaliyah interesting. <laughs> like the one issue I had last year when we did this list was like Aaliyah's been there forever, but I don't care. Like this this has been Aaliyah's best calendar year in wrestling. And that is in no small part to her involvement with Robert Stone and the storyline that they have they brought out the best in each other. Robert Stone, I, th- I think, is a guy that you you should have more of. I think that he's obviously on the on the bench at the moment because there's you know they're just not using him and Aaliyah right now. Whether or not there's there's I think there's more story to tell. We'll talk about Aaliyah in a bit, but with Robert Stone, bags of potential. You could you could shuffle him with anybody, and I think he'll bring out something special in everybody. I want to put him in. Hmm, either all right or lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, I would argue. I don't think the he... bottom of lovely, lovely, lovely. The very bottom. Yeah. Of the very very bottom. Very bottom of lovely, lovely, lovely. That, Get in there, Rob. That might just be my bias. I thought, I'm a big fan of what you did this year, um, and I hope mm. there's more to come next year. But next up, we're moving on to a guy. They were signed in February to an NXT contract and then debuted a week later after being spotted. Well, he was spotted in a car, wasn't he? And then he debuted a week later, um, looking on at Gargano versus Champa. Do you know who I'm speaking about yet, Tom? Can you remember back that, oh, back that far? I do indeed. I do. Are we, gonna, are we about to fall and pray? Yes, we are falling and we're oh, praying and we're doing that. And or praying. Yeah, that big <laughs> vulture dragon thingy on the Tron and then Scarlet. Yeah, Karrion Cross, who's had... A debut year that, ex- that must have exceeded any expectations. And we were sat here back in February going, oh, Karrion Cross has just appeared on NXT. You could not have foreseen him having the sort of run he had to the NXT title. The squash match, and I'm calling it a squash match because it was a squash match, where he defeated uh, Tommaso Ciampa by technical submission. It was a squash match. It definitely was. And having that happen to Tommaso Ciampa, of all people, the overlord of NXT, if you want, on the roster side of things. It was a statement. And I am um, i wasn't too much of a fan of the finish of him becoming the champion with Keith, the sort of angle slam thingy off the middle rope. I thought that was a bit... But then I think he had a dislocated shoulder, so maybe I should take that into account as well. But I think this has been a its an expectation exceeding year, I think, for Karrion Cross. For what he's done, yeah. Obviously, the, uh, the momentum was cruelly halted when when he was injured like it felt like we were building up to this big moment the moment happened and then well that's that park that for now and and now they're bringing him back at time of recording they are he, he's come back a little bit more human which i was quite surprised by like his the first thing he did back in the in the in the capital wrestling center when he returned was attack damian priest from behind put him through the table which is pretty brutal a great way to bring somebody back but this is Karrion Cross. The, the way they built him up over the, the the start of the year, I thought he would come back by burning a small village. <laughs> like 
I genuinely felt that they they they've 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 pulled they paired back on the on the on the on the sort of hellscape thing that he was creating, which is a shame because I really like the aesthetic of that. You know, having these matches where there's still smoke around the ring as he's as he's um, doomsday sightoing people into the canvas. Like I love that old aesthetic. You couldn't ask for a better rocket to start the year. Um, I think we put him in the best. I think we do. As he well. is the future of that brand. Like him and Bala, I think are on a collision course. I think, I think Bala will will lose to Cross, and I think Bala will maybe maybe go back up, maybe go back to Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's Bala's been a great placeholder. Like he's he's more than that. But in this circumstance, yeah. and I think that the way that this has fallen, Karrion Cross getting a pin over Finn Bala will just will just continue to grow him and. I am I'm excited now Cross is back to see the kind of hellscape they turn NXT into like there's so much potential to do if they if they decide to continue to lean into the the mythical magical Karrion Cross which I really like I'm nervous that he'll just become a guy like I want I want title reigns where there's there's fire burning around the fences of the the performance center like I want I want like buildings being destroyed in, in the wake of Karrion Cross. I want like a real feeling of doomsday across NXT. I was just wondering why you were going with that mythical Karrion Cross stuff. But I remember the book. I forgot the book was a thing. The book with the flames and Keith Lee getting yeah. burned. I forgot that was a thing. Bloody yeah. hell. Lean into it. Lean into it and just and just have this guy come and destroy NXT. Like like do an do a show from a wasteland or something. Just just have it so I mean it's a shame that he was gone before they um because they changed the performance edge to the Capital Wrestling Center. I feel like you if he was still there the, before they made that that sort of aesthetic transition. No, no, they didn't. It wasn't an aesthetic transition, was it? They left full sale and went to the performance center. Like I feel like if he had still been there for that, you could have had something where Karrion Cross somehow just burns full sails to the ground or something <laughs> like destroys just the entire place. He does something and the, the ring collapses and the stage falls down. You could do that. If there's no fans there. Mm. Have the stage fall down, have everything melt. So then the following week, they have to move to new premises because Karrion Cross is so bloody evil. Like I like that style with Karrion Cross. Lean into that more in 2021 and I'll be a happy camper. Scarlet, where do we put Scarlet? Because she has a, quite a reduced role. But she's always very mm. prominent, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And I think she, yeah. she plays her medicine sort of prowling role very well indeed. And her role in the entrance is obviously a standout. It's a it's a very different feeling entrance, which is their mime into something. I don't think we've ever seen that before in the wrestling, have we? No, it's very new. Yeah. And and everything everything that they do in the, the entrance and stuff feels like something they're trying trying for the first time. And I think Scarlett's role is is crucial to. To, to carry across his success. I like how she just rocks up and she doesn't need to say anything. She just needs to give him a look and a bit of a prowl around like she did with Bella on a very recent NXT. She just yeah. needs, she, she's like Ronan Keaton. I'm, I'm going there again. She <laughs> says it best when she says nothing at all. Um, I always say like the head of boys. Like, <laughs> I, I, do we put her in the best with Cross? I think it might rile up a few commenters, but you know. Yeah, should we? it might. But, uh, they're, they're a package deal, aren't they? I don't know. They're a package deal. I feel like I feel like you put them both in there. I feel like she she has she has a role and she does it well. But she again, if we if we are ranking people in terms of not doing much, does she fall oh, out of that bracket? Oh, 
And well, they well, and this is where the system falls down. Yeah. Because therefore, technically, she should, we should be getting the bin because she hasn't wrestled. She hasn't done anything. Well, she's a manager, but, though, isn't she? She's not a wrestler. But she's, uh, but she's a manager. Is she the best manager in NXT? Second to Robert Stone. Third. So where's Robert? Third Stone? behind Michael, Malcolm Bivens. <laughs> so where's Robert, Robert Stone's lovely, lovely, lovely? He's, she'll, he's put lovely, lovely. she'll put Scarlet next to Robert. Scarlet and Robert. There you go. There you go. There she you does go. do her role very well indeed, though. Incredibly well. Killian Dane. Yeah, Killian Dane was one that I was nervous was getting lost in the shuffle. Hey, I tell you what, like worth first time I've ever said this, and you know it's not a, it's not a bearing on on anybody's capability or whatever. But you know, Big Damo from WCPW, he's lost a bit of Tim Brady. Yes, he has. Yes, he he's has looking indeed. great. I think it's the best condition he's ever been in. It's not like, though. Have you ever seen the evolution of of little Damo with the big Damo? He used to be a Jack the Jobber type body type. A Jack the Jobber really? body type, and then he just went Whoom, and became the big Damo we knew in ICW and WCPW, and then he became the sort of Killian Dane who was just the same sort of big Damo bigness, and then he's he's, he's shrinking again. So who knows? He might come back twenty twenty two looking like Jack the Jobber once again. <laughs> um, Drake Maverick has brought out what we need in Killian Dane. He was he was becoming just a N face on the roster. Yeah. And working with Drake as as we he's, we've we've seen a bit of the personality of uh, of of Killian coming out here, and wherever Drake Maverick is, lovely, I wonder whether lovely, we lovely. put yeah, let's put him behind Drake because I think Drake is the driving force of that team. Killian Dane's still very good. I don't know whether or not we will. I think we need to do more. We need to get more from Dane in order to consider him for a singles title or anything like that. He kind of comes across as that mini boss type, like a Bronson Reed, somebody you put in as a roadblock for somebody. But I don't know whether or not we put him as a champion other than a tag champion with Drake. Yeah. Was was this, this the, the new shade of his gimmick with the sort of harking back to the sort of troubles in Ireland and all that stuff? Was that, was that this year when that debuted? Oh, was it though? I can't remember, but that's whatever. Whatever it was, that's been a big. I like that addition to his his sort of makeup. It's a bit real, isn't it? It's a bit. It's it's real. I think they've. I think they've drifted away from that again now because it's more like, oh, look how annoying Drake Maverick is. I'm going to throw him around for a bit. They've just kind of they've gone back on that. I don't think they. I don't think you can have. I don't think you can have Killian Dane sort of referencing the troubles in Ireland and then just have Drake go, oh, I've come up with a name for our tag team. We're going to be called the Bouncy Boys. Like, you can't do both. Crosses the streams too much. Right then. So we have him in lovely, lovely, lovely. Maybe a little bit too high for some people, but we'll see. A little bit high. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, maybe maybe like Rob Van Dam in in a car in 2006. (laughs) A little bit high. Um. I'm going to say something to you. We have a man now who has had one match this year on NXT TV. It was a 13-second defeat to Keith Lee back in February. Who was it? A 13-second defeat to Keith Lee back in February. And it's the only match they've had on TV this year. The only match they've had on TV this year. They are currently injured, and they might have debuted a new look on Twitter, the Reddit picked up on and maybe said oh he should join Roman Reigns because he sort of looks like a bootleg Roman Reigns now oh I'm not sure who you're talking about Kona Reeves of course Tom oh bloody Kona Reeves oh well he can get in the bin (laughs) (laughs) sorry Kona he's um the most interesting thing massive issue with him he's not doing anything that's the thing is the most interesting thing he's done this year and yes it's down to injuries of course I think he's 
He's a, he's a charismatic bloke, and I guess the, the, the stuff he was doing with him being a pretty boy kind of thing, it wasn't really resonating with me before this sort of this year happened. Um, but the sort people have looked at his new Twitter profile picture and gone, oh, he's wearing black now. Therefore, he must be with Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> must be a Roman boy. <laughs> but uh, in the bin, it's not really his fault, but what can we do here? We're hampered. And now we're going we on really to um, Aaliyah. And this is going to be an interesting one, considering that we've just sat there earlier going, oh, she's the most interesting she's ever been. So how high does this go, Tom? Right. Last year, Aaliyah went in the bin. Well, she's definitely not there. She is not in the bin this time. She's actually had a great um, a great change of form this year. It is, she has been able to, to get some character stuff across that I think has been to her benefit, like her trying to get the attention of Robert Stone, then becoming the centerpiece of Robert Stone's uh, uh, presentation, getting in the mix with people like Rhea Ripley uh, and okay, getting hammered, but doing it in a way that I know it's you. I'm aware of what you're doing. I am putting her this year uh, she is moving up to, I'm going to say, all right. The top end, I'd suggest, though. Top end of all right, which is from getting the bin last year to the top end of all right. My curse That's has where we're at with Aaliyah. My curse has disappeared. This is oh, a disaster no. on the tier rankings. It's the, it's the thought of moving Aaliyah up the rankings. It's, it's upset your cursor. But yeah, Ali- there he with is. Aaliyah, he's back, he's back. Don't worry, the curse is returned. Good year. I still don't think she's in a position to win any gold or, or or any sort of move to any roster. I think she is NXT for a couple more years yet. But if we can see more on TV of her in next next year, like I like the pairing with her and Robert Stone. I think it's worked really well. It's just, it's given us something to, to get our teeth into when it comes to Aaliyah, something that we really lacked before other than, oh, look at me, I'm, a, I'm an arrogant woman. Yeah. Like, there's... You've actually given something more now, which I'm which I'm all about. So fair play, fine work from Aaliyah, because that's the graph that Aaliyah's put in. You know, she's been around for so long, and and now to finally be getting like onto takeovers and stuff, it's it's good to see. It's has she been on takeover yet? I might be speaking out of I turn there. I don't think she has. I think no, she's been on feature. She's had feature matches on that re- NXT that re- TV. The handicap match was on on NXT Weekly's TV, wasn't it? That's what I'm thinking of. She's had feature matches on NXT TV, yeah. which is which is still a step up. I mean, to- still a step up. I think I'm, I think I'm right in saying she's only 24 at the time of recording. So, oh gosh, I mean, Mi- a million miles in the tank. Yeah, million miles in the tank. But our last match, I was saying, it, our last TV, televised match was in October. So hopefully that means Robert Stone and herself, the partnership there, hasn't just been forgotten about and cast to one side. Hopefully she comes back and does something next year because it was working. Well, the fact that her and Robert Stone are off TV suggests that they're still together. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. They're just timing the return, I think, so they both come back at the same time. Now, this one's going to rattle some feathers. Kush- <laughs> rattle some feathers? Rattle some feathers. <laughs> Kushida. Okay. Why would that rattle feathers? Because he's... He's, you know, people who watch our channel, not... they love Kushida, but um, he's not done too much this year. Mm, that's true. Or in NXT right. as a whole. He started this year, Tom, with uh, the time splitters coming back for one night only as part of the Dusty Classic. That was this year, believe it or not. But they were eliminated in the first round by grizzled young veterans, which was a massive win for them. And a defeat I can only presumably put down to Alex Shelley not being available for more nights. <laughs> mm. I'd assume that's what it was. Yeah, then we had the interim cruiserweight tournament, uh, the triple threat match with Atlas and Maverick, where Ma- Maverick pinned Atlas, keeping Kushida kind of strong. Then we had the feud with uh, Velveteen Dream 
across the summer months there. Takeover 31, Kushida won. And now we've got the sort of teaming with Leon Ruff teased on a very uh, recent edition of NXT TV. And that's your lot for Kushida this year. Um, the thing with Kushida this year has been, they've been trying to, they, they, the thing they're pushing with Kushida is this mean streak that he's got. Like the whole thing he's been saying, like I'm back and I've, and I'm, and I'm, I'm sick of waiting. I'm going to, I'm, I'm angry now. And the commentators have really been hammering, oh, this mean streak of Kushida. I struggle to see it. Yeah. Like, I, I, lo- I love him as a wrestler. I think he's woefully underrated, woefully underappreciated. But I don't see the mean streak. I don't. He kicks people hard That's... and does a few submissions, but who doesn't? Yeah, but then <laughs> lots of people do. <laughs> lots of people do. Um, I still think he's a solid performer. I still think potentially a champion. Um, I, I think he was in the Cruiserweight tournament. I think he's better than that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, not, not, no disrespect to the Cruiserweight tournament, but I think there's those, there's some performers who have a presence that take them out of that division. You know, like Rey Mysterio is technically a cruiserweight. Adam Cole is, I won't say it because he'll, he'll shout at me like he did Pat McAfee that time. <laughs> I'll end up in a War Games match with him. But there are people who are technically cruiserweights, but they have, they're, but they're bigger than that division. And I think Kushida is, is you know, somebody you could be challenging for the North American Championship. Or if, even if this conditions right, the NXT Championship, the type, like the, the Back to the Future shtick, the gimmick, I like it. I think it makes him stand out. They don't lean into it as much as they could. Like at no point have they had him come out in a DeLorean. Like, what are you doing? Why? Why is? Why are you missing that open goal to have him come out in a DeLorean? You know, um, I'm gonna. I would like to put him. I want to put him. I want to put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. Ooh, is that not a bit high, Tom? Is that not a bit too high? No, no. Actually, I don't. I think that he hasn't done loads, but the stuff that he has done has been good. It hasn't been the mean streak that people think he's got, but I, I've really enjoyed it. I want to put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. I'm not going to take that away from you. He's in there. Don't worry about Thanks, Tom. He's in mate. There. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, straight in the best for me. Straight in the best. Up in the best. This has been his standout last year. He was in the best as well, and. Somehow he's reasons, better though. than he was. For different reasons. Very different reasons. This year he has been... Last year it was because of his tag work. Like him and Bobby Fish became the stars of the NXT tag division. This year he stood out on his own. Not just with the match with Bala, but with all the other stuff around it. Um, like the promo stuff. He's been doing more promos on his own. He's He's been doing more character work, like playing like, the psychiatrist. And like they've just been having some fun with him there. And I feel like he's just like, they've even Triple H has said, like we wanted to make Kyle O'Reilly a singles star in NXT. And a few circumstances have meant that we've, we've had to rush that a little bit, a little bit more than we were planning to. So it's happening because he's so great. I, again, a guy that I feel like has a future in as an NXT champion. I feel like if if Balor loses to Cross, maybe you have O'Reilly beat him for it. Oh, that is a massive shout. But then again, he is just so likable. He's so funny, but also he can smash Finn Balor's faces. faces. He can do everything. Yeah, he can just smash Finn Balor's face into several pieces. Um, so mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly fully deserved to be in the best new shades to his character this year and all the better for it. And then we're moving on to Tony Storm. 
who started the year by participating in the Women's Royal Rumble, but she got eliminated by Shayna Baszler. Uh, started the year also in NXT UK. She had that big triple threat match with Piper Niven. Excuse me, and Kaylee Ray at Takeover Blackpool 2, which she didn't win, of course. The NXT title match against Rhea Ripley at Worlds Collide, and then her wrestling year stopped because of a certain global pandemic. Then she returned after an eight month break. Um, we had the I Quit match, I should also mention as well, with, with Kaylee Ray. I don't remember that one from the start of the end, you told yeah, yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. There was, there was the, the, that was a really unique I Quit match as well, because it was. Kaylee Ray was brutal there. It was something that really made a star out of Kaylee Ray. And they she had the the chair wrapped around the throat of Tony Storm. She jumped off the top rope onto the chair. Kept asking if Tony quit. Tony wasn't quitting. Eventually Piper Niven came down and pleaded with Tony to quit. And just as Kaylee was going up to deliver a second stomp off the top, that was when Tony quit. It was just a brutal match. I think Tony was handcuffed for most of the match as well. It really added some depth to Tony's character. Uh, the heel run that we're seeing from Tony is a, is a unique one. Unexpected. But she did. Unexpected. She did come back with that uh, the vignette to take over 31 saying that a new Tony Storm was going to come back before Ember Moon overshadowed that return, but then Ember Moon paid for that by having a big old heel turn done to her sorry ass. <laughs> it certainly did. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we get from Tony as a heel. I think Tony's great as a, as a worker. I think she's a, she's an, she'll enhance the division no end. So, Although we haven't really seen enough from her to really put her in... Pandemic, in any... though, isn't it? Pandemic, she's not... No, yeah. she can do about that. She was stuck in the UK. I think that's where she lives with... Um... Oh, is it where she lives? She's in a relationship yeah, with old... Uh, What's-his-face from New Japan, isn't she, at the minute? Do we put her in lovely, lovely, lovely or all right? I'd say all right, just because there was yeah. a big eight-month gap in the middle there. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's he called? Um, CJ Parker. His name's gone completely from New Japan. Dreadlocks. Had his haircut recently. Very likable man. Cuts all the good promos in the world, Tom. Why have I forgotten his name? Everyone. CJ Parker. Every, Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson. My goodness. Everyone was shouting at me at home. I'm very sorry. I like indeed. how we all forget that he was CJ Parker, though. That's nice. <laughs> Not me. I like that on the NXT graded, on the NXT tiered, we called him CJ Parker. <laughs> Keeping things consistent. And then we have Leon Ruff, who has had one hell of a year. Lots of squash. Mm. Well, not, I say lots of squash matches. A few uh, matches on main event and Raw. A notable one against Alistair Blackass that comes to my tet. Um, then we had um, him signing with NXT, signing his NXT contract. He got engaged. He's been on 205 Live. Um, he's had squash match defeats to Karrion Cross and Tommaso Ciampa on NXT TV. And then all of a sudden, Tom, he finds himself the North American champion. Oh, I like his run. I've enjoyed his run as uh, in within nxt true story from what we gather the reason he became the north american champion is because and this is what we discovered at the time of recording uh one of the writers thought it'd be funny <laughs> uh, it's like okay regardless <laughs> regardless it was a great little i, I like the little uh the, the, the cup of coffee he had with the with the NXT North American Championship. Mm -hmm. He couldn't wear it because he's too thin. I like him as a as a player. I think that you've made a star in doing so. You can't do that with everybody. No. You can't have flash wins to get everybody over. You can't. When you do them sparingly, you can make a star. I think there's bags of fun to be had with Leon Ruff. 
I don't think we'll see him back in the North American title picture again. I think maybe in the cruiserweight picture, maybe if we get him in any picture at all. Might be in the tag, uh, the tag team picture with Kushida. Him and Kashida, that'd be a weird team, it but stranger be. things have happened. <laughs> we'll put him in all right. I'll put him in all right, you know. Yeah. I think that he's, he's again, a late bloomer to 2020, late in the year. But the stuff that he's done, like to be thrown in the mix with Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest and become the North American champion. Like you, you sink or swim in that situation. And he swam beautifully Definitely. with everybody in there, with all that going on. He swam really well. And let's see where the pieces fall now that story's over. Let's see where next year he lands. I think he'll still be in NXT when we talk this time next year. And I think we might even think a little bit more of him if they really put the put the energy into him. But we'll see. So uh, for now, I think he's in all right. One thing I want to see next year is just forget about the wrestling. I just want to see himself and Grand Metalik bouncing on the ropes, <laughs> contesting the King of the Ropes mantle. That's all I want to yes. see. Just a rope off between those two would be fantastic to see. But then we're moving on to Ember Moon, who started, well, ended last year, I should say. I think she did a few appearances this year as well on backstage alongside Paige and Renee Young and Puka T and all those lads and lasses. Then she returned, obviously, at TakeOver 31 after all of the mysterious vignettes teasing this ambiguous figure to come in and do some things. Then we had the motorbike and then Tony, Tony Storm's package overshadowed, of course. And then Team Shotzi, the heel turn, um, not sorry, defeated Team Shotzi. She was on the heel side, wasn't she? At uh, TakeOver War Games. <laughs> so, again, it's hampered by injury. Not her fault. Bearable. Yeah, I, she hasn't done... She hasn't been back long enough. Really. I mean, the nice things. Great new look. Yep. Great new aesthetic to Ember Moon. Like a new style, a new persona. Also, new in-ring stuff. She's busted out some new moves. She's a bit more ground-based than she used to be, which is a nice little change to what she did. Excellent theme music. Yeah. I really like her theme music. And it's whether or not it fits the Mad Max aesthetic that they were going for, I don't know, but I like it. Ember Moon is... is and, a, and like a vet, she feels like a veteran returning to NXT, like somebody who's been away, seen the world outside. She, she's gone beyond Thunderdome and now she's back. It's a Mad Max reference. You're welcome. And she come back. She comes back now to to mix it up with some new faces and do new stuff. Um, but then she she's not really uh, she's uh, she's had a, she's had two main events on NXT TV. I believe it's two main events. And she's been part of War Games and. I think that's enough to qualify her for at least all right. I'd argue that as well, Tom. Why the hell not? Yeah. I was just thinking, because she's, she's been back for such a short space of time, but bloody hell hasn't she crammed a lot in there. She's got a lot in there, and, and there's a tremendous upside as well. And I just hope that when we're back in arenas and there's more room for the ringside area, get that motorcycle ridden down to the ring, for goodness sake. Oh, yes! Let's pop a wheelie around Jeez. the corner, will you? <laughs> motorcycle for Ember... You've got a tank for Shotzi. <laughs> the DeLorean. Kushida with a DeLorean. You're going to need a car park at the CWC, like a little parking bay. It's, it's, hey, there's a, there's a gimmick there for somebody to be, a, what they call a car parker. What's the word for a car parker? An attendant. But, attendant. Yeah, whatever it's What's called. the name of somebody that parks cars? Put it in the comments down below. <laughs> that guy could be Mansoor. <laughs> Mansoor started the year by defeating Dolph Ziggler at Super Showdown, continuing the streak in Saudi Arabia and then since then I don't think he's had a match on NXT TV but he certainly had eight matches on 205 Live and he has won all eight 
<laughs> he has had nine matches in 2020, Tom, and he has won all nine. So we can't put him anywhere, but the best can we really? He's got to go in the best. He's got it. There is, there's nobody that's been represented as well in ring. Um, oh, this is this is a weird one with Mansoor. Because he's like, good. He's good. He's, but he's actually really good. Where is he? Why, why is he not ever used? I don't understand. They're so stop-start. They are so stop-start. And I just don't know. Like The issue they've got is there's a two-hour show and they are just bursting at the seams with extra characters so there's just not a place for everybody you know it's, it's all well and good for for me sat here in bloody isolation station to go they need to do more they need to do more they need to do do more to, to the nxt writers if you're watching this i say best of luck with the resources you have and the finite time you have to process them <laughs> but mansoor is one of those again that whenever he's been in there he's been really good he's been a strong contender but just he's not. There's nothing meaty for him to get his teeth into. The 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 key will come with Mansoor when he finally has that story arc that we can see what he's made of. We know he's good in ring, but we haven't seen him with a story yet that he can really bite down on. So we can't really put him in anything above just above bearable because he's he's won every match. That's great. All nine. But hey, what apart from the one at Saudi Arabia? How many of them do we remember? Is how many of them have any? bearing on storyline significance well they all happened on 205 live so you'd think they'd have some sort of bearing, well but um there you go <laughs> somehow minus eyes have seen it then yeah but they it's got to be just about bearable like i don't want to put him in the bin because he's a strong performer uh there's there are others who aren't who will go in the bin but i think just about bearable for for our boy mansoor let's let's give him something meaty to get his teeth into in 2021 please pat McCaff, pat mcafee sorry Oh, now Pat. I'm, I'm going Tom straight at the top. It's got. It's We're match, putting Pat in the, the best, aren't the we? The two matches he's had, he's been absolutely fantastic. Every single promo he's had, he's been absolutely fantastic. The scuffles he had with Adam Cole, getting the best out of Triple H when Triple H. <laughs> I think Triple H forgot it was like pro wrestling, thought it was real for a second there. <laughs> how angry he got. Um, he's just been an, a breath of fresh air in NXT because so often. We're sat here. I know that professional wrestling is forever looking to get back to the mainstream and they forget about us who are here each and every week and when they bring in these celebrities and these celebrities don't have a, a clue what's going on and they just miss the mark completely. But it's good because these famous names are here and just laughing at this thing that we love and watch every single week. But Pat McAfee... He just gets this. He just gets the wrestling. And I've said this on Twitter. He needs to be the barometer. He needs to be the standard of these celebrity crossovers. People shouldn't be appearing on these shows unless they get it, unless they understand what it's about. And seeing Pat McAfee wrestle inside war games and then appear on his podcast the next day or a day or two after with a neck brace on, best. I love Pat McAfee. He's been brilliant. He's yeah. been brilliant. He is uh, everything you said there. Like, he gets it. He gets it. And he and he owns it and he goes for it. He he knows what to hit with promos and they don't feel forced. They feel energetic. And fair play. He throws himself into it. You cannot excuse Pat McAfee of taking a paycheck and leaving. Mm -hmm. He did not need to do a moonsault when he got into the War Games cage. He didn't need to do a swanton off the top of the cage. But he did. He didn't need to. Like, there's nothing to gain. Like, he could have had that match, not done it, and nobody would have... You never get told off or never get complained about for the moves you don't do. He did it. Yeah. He didn't have to, and he did it. He has set the bar so high. Where was Pat McAfee in 1995 when WrestleMania was headlined by Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor? 
Could you imagine yeah. Pat McAfee in that role? God, we'd still be talking about that mania, but not in a sad way. Mm. He's been great. And CM, what CM, CM Punk said it, and I'm going to paraphrase, and I agree with him, where he said that he actually shows up a lot of people who are already on the roster, who are doing it full time. He shows up a lot of people. It's, and that shouldn't be the case. I, I, I saw this one. I think it's symptomatic of the performance centre and how everyone's taught in the same classes how to do these promos and Pat's come in. Presumably, I presume he's, shat, he's, he's, uh, he's sat in on a couple of these promo classes, but I presume he's also been given more leeway because he's Pat McAfee. So maybe it's a, a thing that's symptomatic of letting, letting people be themselves rather than these, this cookie-cutting sort of like, you must do it this way. Because it's the same with the wrestling as well. Isn't it? Mm. Everyone's got the same style. Everyone's taught to bump the same and kick the same and punch the same. We need variety back in wrestling. Not everyone needs to look Very and much. feel the same. And Pat McAfee is a fantastic example of that, I think. Um, and then we're on to someone who's had a very frustrating year once again through the injuries. I think this is the guy, uh, the, the, the guy. I think this is the person you were um, alluding to earlier with the, the sort of becoming injury prone, becoming, becoming a reputation. Uh, Tegan Knox, Tom. Oh, bless her. Bless her. What a, what a sucky year again for Tegan. Like, once again, sort of getting the motor running. And just as she's kind of finding her feet and getting her confidence back, she's not back again. Yeah. It's a worry. It's a worry now. This is the third time that she's spent a year on the shelf for numerous injuries. And and I and WWE are big fans of what Tegan Knox can do. And they are patient with her. I hope that patience doesn't run out. And because I still think that there is something special about her. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm and also controversially, whilst the company behind her, whilst the story has been told, has been has been excellent and, and beautifully so. I don't think the matches have been like the highest quality. I think they've been good. I'm not. I'm been... tell you, I'm not invested in her as a babyface. I'm not suggesting she turns heel. I'm suggesting that we need something else because there's just she comes out and she's smiling and yeah, she was feuding with Dakota Kai at the start of the year and that was a blood feud uh, to mm. its core. But just looking at her as a character, she just smiles. But I guess it's hard to grow when you're constantly shaking off ring rust. Yeah. Like, I think that's what you're up against is that you're just as you're kind of regaining your momentum, you're not back again. You're just always playing catch up. And there's people who have been with the WWE for less time who have excelled because they've been there the whole way through and they haven't had time on the sidelines. Like, you know, Tiger Knox is, you know, still very good. But I feel I feel like it's been a tough year. I feel awful saying just about bearable, but that's the name of these segments. I don't want to put her in just about bearable because she has had a she has played a role on TV that has been significant. She was part of the Gargano stuff. She had a, a, a match against Io Shirai that was very good. It wasn't great, but it was very good. Um, she was part of War Games. She was a good quintessential at the start of the year. Yeah, she was quintessential to Dakota Kai's uh, heel turn and, and the rise from there. So I want to put her in all right. I'm gonna, I was I gonna really say, yeah, it's, it's, she's a step above those who are in just about bearable at the very least. So I think all right is fair because mm. again, this was this was September when she got injured again, and it's, it's been a while since then. Oh, just it's, it is heartbreaking to see, especially because she's from over our way. You want to see how old, yeah, how, how lads you want to see our own do well, don't we? We yeah. want to see our own do well. Um, speaking of one of those people, we have Pete Dunn, Mr. Peter Dune himself. Oh, who's Pete Dune. Started the year as the straight guy in the bros awaits with Matt with, mm, Riddle, I should say, not Matt Riddle. And uh, then he became <laughs> inactive due to, uh, due to COVID. Uh, Thatcher taking his place, of course, in the in the bros awaits, and Thatcher would 
walk out on hmm, Riddle and lose them the tag team title setting Riddle up uh, setting off to the fight pit we'll speak about that later when we come to, to, to Thatcher why not um NXT UK, he became a producer slash in-ring competitor um, in October, and then he turned heel at Halloween Havoc as once again he took a $10 bill from Pat McAfee across the bar and joined his team, his gang of merry men ahead of war games. Weird year for Pete Dunne, COVID hampered once again. It feels like we're saying that a hell of a lot in this tier-ranking thing, but the stuff he's done, bros awaits with fun. Uh, the stuff with uh, Pat McAfee has been good, as being very heelish it's suited him down to the ground he's a better heel than he is babyface any Tom exactly I think he's he excels more as as a nasty piece of work than as a than as a good one but like I said the bros weight stuff was great this honking great gap in the middle sort of put the stoppers to it but he's immediately back at the top in time of recording he's about to challenge he's about to go into a top contenders match very much a guy who has an NXT championship nameplate already printed out. Yeah. They just need an excuse to use it. He's going to be there soon enough. But we we can't call him the best because he's he hasn't done enough. He's he's had a big gap this year, and I know it's mitigating circumstances. But he we you know lovely, lovely, lovely. I think is the roof that we can we can get him to. And I think it's simply because the stuff he's done late in the year has been really good. But that's. There's been a gap in the middle. The bookends, there you go. The bookends have gotten to lovely, mm. lovely, lovely. It's good start, good finish. Just a shame there's now in the middle, but that's not his fault. And then Malcolm Bivens is an enigma because I'm looking at him on Twitter. I know what I know about Stokely Hathaway. Why is this man not on NXT every single week? Why? Well, he's coming back. That's the thing. Like They're, they're now teasing this thing with um, with August Gray. Tyler August Gray. No. Tyler Russ, not August Gray. August Gray is the other uh, ex Thatcher, right? That's the weird thing to say, uh, <laughs> non-political context. Uh, yeah, the stuff with Tyler Russ. So we're we're looking to see a a Tyler Russ Malcolm Bivens organization, and which is good. The like I was hoping we'd see and hear more from Bivens when he was managing Indushare. That became a bit of a non-starter. So not his fault though. Not his fault. But again, he hasn't really been on. TV a massive amount. Why, so... why do you think that is though? Because it, it seems because Indushare were garbage. Yeah, but why was so... he with, why was he with Indushare to begin with? Like, why is he not? Why is he not be more prominent with somebody higher up the card on NXT? I think Indushare. No, no, no. Indushare for, for someone like Bivens, who who was relatively new to to WWE. I think Indushare was a great potential jumping off point for Bivens. Two beefy boys that he can be the mouthpiece for. I think it's a I think I think on paper it's a great role for Bivens to come in and go cuz you know, a shorter guy with with you know, a temper and an arrogant streak backed up by two monsters. Like it's perfect for Bivens. But it just happened that uh, a combination of those those mitigating circumstances and uh and other things meant that that didn't pan out, but the, it says everything. The fact that Malcolm Bivens is is on TV before Indushare are, so that says like who the, the who was going to really be the breakout from that arrangement. So, but again, not done enough. I'm going to say I want to put him in. It's Bin, it's got to be Bin. He's done nothing. Just a, yeah, it's a shame, but it's got to be done. I'm looking at the, right. I'm looking at the people in just about bearable, and they have been on TV more than twice or thrice this year and that's all that Bivens has got so far alright on a technicality he's in the bin it's a shame but, but next year done. he will be much higher yeah 
Mercedes, Next year, much higher. Definitely got to be. Mercedes Martinez signed with WWE at the start of the year. Uh, she was in the battle royal for the number one contendership, but she was eliminated by Shayna Baszler. A little thing happened between those two after that. Royal Rumble 2020, she was in there as well. Signed with the Robert Stone brand after attacking Shotzi Blackheart. Then she lost to Rhea Ripley in a steel cage, which meant she was gone from the Robert Stone brand. That was also her last match of the year. And that was ages ago. And that was, of course, because she was a part of Retribution, but then said, hey... Get me the hell out of here. What was her name in Retribution, Tom? Can you remember? I've not written it down. Um, Flabberdag. Flabberdag. Um, uh, toaster. Crisps. <laughs> I think, uh, was she not the one that just didn't have a Retribution name? I think she had one. I think I've forgotten to write it down. Did it begin with an R? Right, right, right. Mercedes. Retribution. What's your retribution name? It's your favourite <laughs> colour and whatever's on your left. Uh, retribution name, and Okay, so her name in Retaliation. Retaliation, that was the one. Um, but that is no I... more because apparently she said, get me out of this mess and more power to her <laughs> for doing that. But um, looking at what she's done in NXT, she should be doing more because she's got the look, she's got the, the sort of credentials, she's got the stuff inside the ring but she's not really doing it on TV. And again, this is symptomatic if they have a million wrestlers and two hours every week to fill. Bearable. She was Look. great fodder for Ripley. Yep. I think, again, that was sort of like, but then I think Raquel Gonzalez will play that role, I think, uh, much stronger. I was really excited for Martinez coming in when we did this list last year. Like, I was really excited for Martinez as like a, a second to Ripley and just this, this destroyer of worlds. And that never really, really panned out. You know, then the as you say, the stuff with retribution, and then she said, "I'm a discrepancy. Get me out of here," and she was done. <laughs> and then that's it from her. Um, yeah, I think bearable, sadly. Yeah. Like, really wanted to see more from her this year, which we haven't. The cage match was good. That's a shame. Oh, the cage match, I think, was the highlight for her year. Yeah. Like for her, that was the highlight of the year. Um, is there anything left for her? Yeah, I think there's still more to Plenty do. Left. I think yeah. there's she could she yeah, could be the top. Yeah. She could be NXT Women's Champion this upcoming year. You've got in NXT potentially Ripley. You've got Martinez and you've got Raquel Gonzalez. If there was an Atlas division in NXT, those three would be your three. They're gonna they're just knock bells off one another. Ridge Holland started the year in NXT oh. UK in August. He he packed up his bags and went to that there America. Then we had the stuff with uh, Gargano and Candice LeRae um, getting in his way of like qualifying for the North American title ladder match. We had the, the fantastic visual of how, him having a dead Adam Cole on his shoulder and flopping him to the floor. And then it just sort of, we, it looked like we were just getting ready to strap the rockets to Ridge Holland, send him to Damoon. But then we had the horrible injury. Um, who was he in the match with when he took a cross? Was it only Lorcan he took the crossbody from and his knee sort of buckled? And It was it was Lorcan. Was it Lorcan? Yeah. It was Lorcan and uh, and that kind of put paid to his year then, which which really sucked. Yeah. Which really, really sucked. I was ready for the rise of of um, of Ridge this year. Uh, great look, great presence, great music, great finisher. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. Yorkshire represented on the NXT. It's always nice to see. And um, and then, yeah, just just awful, awful turn of events. Yeah. And, you know, Luke Menzies is a guy who I worked with briefly in 2018. It was the, the story goes that WWE loved what he did on the on the rugger pitch 
and went, you need some seasoning in the wrestling. Why don't you go and do some and then we'll call you back? And hence he went on the indie circuit and was just great everywhere he went. Just took to it so well. And then when the time was right, they went, here you come. He was going to do some stuff in NXT UK and uh, it did. he did a tiny bit. And then yeah. when he turned up in NXT in America, you've got, um, I think it was Tom Phillips on commentary at the time. He was going... Oh, here he is, Ridge Holland, undefeated in over a year in the on NXT. He's only been on it twice, dickhead. Come on now. Um, I was when he's when he's well. The the world's his oyster, but we can't really put him anywhere prominent because I think it's other it's, than it's getting either, injured, he hasn't done much. It's all right or it's bearable, Tom. It's one of those two, I reckon. Uh, bottom of all right. Bottom of all right, we go. That's me being really nice, Ridge, mate. Next year. Next year. And then we go to a pair of lads who I just, I need to put in the bin, Tom, because Surav spoiled (laughs) the biggest (laughs) match of the year. You may have seen the reports of Keith Lee doing the double, holding both titles above his head before it actually aired on TV. And who do you have to thank for that? We have Uh... Surav of Indushare, who, of course, we spoke about earlier with uh, Malcolm Bivens. And they've had two matches this year. One against Emerise and then one against the tandem of Mike Reed off the radio and Mike <laughs> and Ma- Mike Reed, Mike Reed, <laughs> wonderful radio one <laughs> and Mikey Del Bray. Apparently, that's the two matches this year. Um, this spoiled Keith's moment. Oh, get him in the bin. Get him in the bin. Just, the, I know what they were going to do with Indushare, but I don't think they are they're ready. I don't think, their name's been bounced around for NXT India at time of recording. So when they launched the 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 India brand of NXT, they're coming back, whether you want them to or not. Yes, I do think they they do have a fantastic look with the big hairy chests and their their wonderful ring attire. But um... they do, but they're a bit authors of lame, aren't they? (laughs) I'll let you say that, Tom. I'm not going to say that in case they want to beat me up. Hey, look, look, can you take them on? Oh no! Although they they break me in half like cracker bread, (laughs) but it doesn't excuse the fact that. Just nothing to them. Nah. Too too much, too soon, too little, too late. Stick him in the bin. Yeah. Roddy Strong. Now, Roddy, last year, we put in the best. I think he might have dropped back a bit. I think the highlight of the year was the stuff with um, Dexter and what happened after that. It's, it's still, it's good wrestling. But mm. as we say, everyone's good at the wrestling these days in NXT. Uh, we... I'd, I'd be inclined to agree, especially if we're putting Bobby Fish in lovely, lovely, lovely. I think that Bobby Fish and Roddy Strong are a step below Kyle and Adam this year. I'm pretty sure last year, I think we put Cole, O'Reilly and Strong in the best and we put Fish in lovely, lovely. I think Fish has got company this year. I think Roddy's been Roddy's always good. I just don't think this has been a landmark year for him as the year before was. Losing the North American title at the start of the year. Which was at the start of the year, believe it or not. Yeah, to Keith. When things were... Life was so much simpler then. And then, as I said, the, the Dexter Loomis stuff was a highlight. Otherwise, he was just a bit of a a bit of a tag-along yeah. in the in the Undisputed Era stuff. He's just, like, a, been a warm body that's also there. I mean, he always, he always impresses, but the, 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 he's mm. very much been a, a second part... Playing second fiddle, I should mm. say. But there's also a marked difference between when you watch Fish and O'Reilly tag compared to when you watch Fish and Strong tag. Mm. There's a marked difference. There is like a, a step... There's a, just a tiny step back. I think there was there was a moment earlier this year 
and I'm hoping I've got this right, where where Strong came to the rescue because it was a, a live it was a live NXT, and Fish got injured midway through this match, so Roddy Strong jumped in. I think he had his slacks on or something, and they carried on the match to finish the match, and that was how they got round Fish getting injured. Yeah. I don't think that was something that was planned. Mm. So Strong is still very capable. And and he's and he's still great. Yeah. So it's not no no disrespect meant when I say he's just lovely, lovely, lovely. He's still in the second top tier of the entire thing. He's not a yeah stand out. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, as I say, it, it has been just not as prominent as 2019 was without a uh, uh, North American title around his waist or on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, Santos Escobar. Um, is he is he still the interim cruiserweight champion? Is that what the official? Well, they they. <sighs> They've they've dropped the phrase interim. That's the thing. They dropped it ages ago. He's just the cruiserweight champion. But so then, you've got, Devlin. <laughs> then you've got Devlin going, actually, I'm the cruiserweight champion. And it's we can't resolve for a while, so we'll just have two championships at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah, he's... he's as far as I'm concerned, he's the cruiserweight champion. So, yeah, that's, Santos Escobar is the cruiserweight champion, as far as I'm like concerned. Well. Uh, really, I, the arrival of... El Hijo del Fantasma was was very hyped. Like he stood out in that tournament. Did you say El Hijo del bit... Fantasma? El Hijo? Oh yeah, that was his name at the start of the year, wasn't it? El Hijo del Fantasma. I forgot was his he had name. a different name. Bloody hell! Different look, different look. He had the mask. <laughs> he had a yeah. whole different. He had his, his classic legend, his legendary persona, part of the cruiserweight division. And then when he won it, and we got the heel turn and the change of the style and this this sort of sort of mafioso esque gimmick or with people around him Fantastic. the idea that like he is defending uh the the lucha libre traditions and to have these people around it that will keep the belt on him i've really i've really really liked it i've really liked it i don't know whether i put him in the best though solid lovely 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 candidate. solid top of the lovely 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 i'll put him in there solid top I'll put him in there behind shotzi there you go um yeah i just uh, because that's the thing, is it? You see masked wrestler, you see WWE, you think, oh, they'll do all the fantastic moves, but they're a guy in a mask. So um, when I saw him take that mask off, of his own volition, by the way, I thought that was mm-hmm. just a lovely touch, and I thought it was a much-needed sort of change to help him stand out, and then obviously sur- surround him with Legado del Fantasma. I think it's just been good stuff. The matches with, with uh, Swerve Scott speak th- for themselves. And who knows where we're going to go next year, Tom? Who do you think mm-hmm. will challenge him? Who do you think will be the next big challenger? Uh, for Escobar, well, they're, they're talking a lot about. Um, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of fuss around Jake Atlas still. Mm. I would still say um, there's quite a few names on that 205 live show that are standing out. But again, they don't talk about 205 live enough. Yeah. So that's the fight that you've got is that you want to get these guys over, but you're not really you're not really talking about them enough to really make them stand out. Like Kurt Stallion, who's technically the number one contender. We're not talking about him. Stallion will get a title shot. Stallion will do great. I don't think Stallion will win it. Um, in terms of who will take the belt from him, I don't know. I'm not in a rush for anybody to right now because there's nobody that stands out that could take it. I don't think Stallion's in a position to take the belt. Uh, and I don't think anybody else truly is. So for now, let's keep the belt on him. Let's keep building that crime family around the Cruiserweight Championship and let's see where we go. Right then. So we're on Rhea Ripley. Um, this is going to be a weird one because taking ourselves back to the start of the year with Charlotte Flair 
and WrestleMania, and you're thinking, finally, Charlotte Flair's going to just put this star power of hers onto somebody else, and that is going to be Rhea Ripley. Then the horribleness that was WrestleMania 36 happened. Then the oh. even more horribleness that was Charlotte Flair's NXT title reign, where it benefited nobody absolutely nobody but herself she didn't even take the pinfall to lose the bloody thing that was Rhea Ripley taking the pinfall once again um to obviously Io Shirai um then we had the great American bash stuff with uh, Robert Stone and Aaliyah that was the handicap match then we had another match with Shirai then we've gone to war games and Rhea Ripley has spoken to herself in the media about how that sort of entire Charlotte Flair thing saw her lose her confidence a bit and it's a, it's a horrible thing to see because she's got everything she's, we don't need to sit here and talk about the upside to Rhea Ripley but it's been yeah. a weird year that loss to Charlotte Flair I think really put the stoppers on Rhea Ripley's momentum more so than I think a lot of people think it did because the the general feel was Ripley's beating Charlotte Flair on a massive stage this is huge but bickering with writers led to the situation where well no we want charlotte to win but it doesn't make sense but she'll win okay well as long as ripley wins it back or ripley didn't win it back that makes less sense and you now have you've kind of got this floating star now somebody that was gonna be the the trailblazer for nxt and then land with impact on the main roster I think she's still going to the main roster. I think her yeah. swan song is relatively imminent. I think she'll lose to Raquel Gonzalez, and that'll be how she goes. I thought the loss but, to uh, wow, Io what a loss! I thought the most recent loss to Io Shirai and the way they sort of hugged it looked like a goodbye. I thought that was it. I thought she was yeah. done. But then, obviously, I guess injuries and stuff like that made her appearance at War Games a necessity. I guess. Um, yeah, I think um, it had to. I think, that, but then with and even then, going into that match, there's. She 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 was she did some good stuff in that match, but she wasn't the the main attraction in that match. She was she was another player in that match. She's she's lost so much momentum, and it sucks because she's so good. And there is a unique persona you can build that. Like the fact that we shouldn't be at the, at the end of twenty nineteen. We talked about what a year twenty twenty is going to be for Ripley. Yeah. I think we said that for everybody. <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? What a time. Uh, we were sat together then. That's how different the world was. Um, we thought, what a year 2020 is going to be. Like, rocket fuel, jet-powered, Ripley's away. And we're here now, a year on, going, well, maybe Ripley might win the NXT Championship. Like, this this shouldn't have been the conversation. The conversation shouldn't have been, is she going to two-time as the NXT Women's Champion? The conversation should be, like... Is she going to continue on to become the Raw Women's Champion or the SmackDown Women's Champion? And, you know, after she beat Charlotte Flair, who will she beat next? That should have been the conversation, but that's not the conversation that we've had. And it sucks. And that's not Ripley's fault. Ripley is grafted. And it's annoyed me that that's the conversation we're having. Um, in terms of where we put her on the list. It's down to the book. And Tom, I think the booking is really, really hampered. Her. Hamp- Shafted. That's the word. Shafted by the booking. Shafted by the booking. That's what she's been. Um, I think... Lovely, 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 or all right? I think bearable. You're looking at... Really? I know, it's the booking. Yeah. And it's, it's completely derailed. What... And again, all it, people are going to go to the comments now and go, oh, you've got Tegan Knox in the tier above Rhea Ripley. Context is key. 
Remember the context of Rhea Ripley in terms of where we thought it was going and what's actually happened. And I don't think she can go too high up the, the tier, Tom. I don't know if you agree with that. Do you... I, okay, how about we put her bottom of all right? I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, bottom of all right. She shouldn't be on this list at all. She should be oh, on the Raw yeah. tier list. She should be on the SmackDown tier list. She shouldn't be on the NXT tier list, let alone this low down. What a mess we found ourselves in right here. So we're heading towards the home stretch now, Tom. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten to go on this NXT roster. Thing. Whoa, we're we've got this. There slowly, Timothy Thatcher, who benefited from COVID because, of course, with Peter Doon stuck in the UK, he debuted on the NXT roster as part of the Brozowitz with Hmm Riddle. Uh, then he walked out on Hmm Riddle, uh, turned heel in the process, cost the Brozowitz the tag team titles. That then led to the that then led to the fight pit match with Kurt Angle as the special referee. One of the NXT matches of 2020, I would suggest to you, Mr. Tom Campbell. Then we had character work because no one, what I know, I didn't know too much about Timothy Thatcher on the independent scene. But what I knew was that he was very much, you know, meat and potatoes. Wasn't much flamboyance. He would just like kick you in the head and then put you in a submission hold, and that would be it. But the Thatcher's Thatch can stuff on NXT TV. I, I like him in that role. I think he's been great. I think the concern was when Timothy Thatcher joined NXT, you joined WWE, we were going to lose this monster of a of a technical wizard with this like his style is so against what WWE is all about. We were very nervous with what sort of Timothy Thatcher we were going to get, but respect to WWE, to the best of their ability, they've let Timothy Thatcher be Timothy Thatcher. He isn't doing flips and trips and high flies. He has he has created this style, this ground and pound wrestling style, and made it his own and made it part of the gimmick and and it and in a really captivating way. The whole use of the Thatcher's Thatch Can Academy and, and and the idea that when you're in there with Timothy Thatcher, he isn't gonna his style is he's just gonna break and stretch you and and he's made that he's he's got that over magnificently he's had some really compelling matches of a very different caliber with different levels of people so i want to put him i kind of want to put him in the best like i think thatcher i think thatcher's been a star for nxt I think like in the we from the fight pit match he had with Riddle, that great passing of the torch moment they did there, to the fact that like whenever he's been in there, the matches have always been great to excellent, and he hasn't won every single match, but he has created quite a few interesting characters along the way. I kind of want to put him either at the best or the very tippity top of lovely, lovely, lovely. Is he a full tier ahead of Santos Escobar and Bobby Fish and Roddy Strong and Oni and Danny and? Uh, Dexter Loomis and Drake Maverick and people like that. Is he, is, he a, is he a tier above them? Now you say it out loud, probably not. <laughs> we'll put him probably in the lovely. same. We'll put him in lovely, the lovely, same. lovely. Uh, then we have a guy who I had no idea was still signed to NXT. We have Tino Sabatelli, who I was there. I remember he came and went. He was he was released in April, and then apparently yeah. he had that match on AEW Dark. As Sabi alongside Brady Pierce, where he lost or they lost uh, to best friends, and then he was re-signed to WWE, and he's he's back to doing what he was doing, which is absolutely sweet fa. <laughs> so bin <laughs> well, this for is you, an easy Tino. one. Bin for Get, you. He, he he did the old Metal Gear Solid thing, snooping around AEW. <laughs> then he came back, and your reward is the bin, sir. Hop on in. I think a lot of people into share are holding it open for you. Get in the bin, lad. A lot of people were saying that Sabi. 
as he was known then, was the, the mole in AEW. Was he? Remember when the, the results Spot of I AEW heard, got yeah. leaked? Yeah, it was meant to be him. Bastard. Um, Vanessa Bourne, who apparently was called up to the main roster at the start of the year after signing a new WWE contract. Could have fooled me. Haven't seen her. She's had one match all year round, Tom, and that was a number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship shot. Bin as well for you, I do believe. Pop you in the bin. Not much to say on Vanessa Bourne. There's some good stuff to be had with Bourne, I think, once they find out, once they get Bourne's identity. Wait. But for now, the the, 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 the there's no ultimatum. Get her in the bin. Yeah, she's going to have to walk a thousand miles to get out of that bin because her name is Vanessa, like nice. Carlton. Tom's White houses. Was better. Yeah, Tom's was better. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> Uh, started the year in the, the NXT title mix with the match against Adam Cole at Portland. He was turned on by Johnny Gargano. They had that no-holds-barred match between them in the empty arena. Candice got involved in that. Then we had the carrying cross feud and the squash match. Uh, the losing effort in the fatal four-way 60-minute Ironman match for the vacant NXT championship. Uh, he was tying with Gargano at uh, one fall apiece. Then we've had the stuff with Timothy Thatcher. Do I like Timothy Thatcher running away from uh, Tommaso Ciampa? No. Does it still work? Yes, because it's Tommaso Ciampa, and he's a big, hard, bald man. Good year, though. Good year. I feel a little bit, though, from being hypercritical, that Ciampa's lost his way a little bit. He has done... Uh, but I think he's incorporated it into his shtick. Yeah, he's done everything he can do in NXT. Yeah, that's it. And he's kind of... I think he's now at that... He's going to have some weird growing pains in 2021 because he's done everything in NXT. and uh, But I don't see him on Raw or SmackDown either. Like neither, he's, neither does he, you know, crucially. <laughs> no, he doesn't either. But he's, he's committed so heavily to NXT, I don't know what there is left for him to do. And I think he's... He's caught sort of between the devil and the deep blue sea here because, like, I know he said he doesn't want to go to the other rosters, but what what do you do now? Like, this, I can't, I don't see any compelling feuds that he can have. He'll always be great. I like the stuff he did with Thatcher overall. I don't see what he does now. See, I thought they were sort of hinting at them two maybe becoming a tag team, the way that match sort of ended and then them staring down and going, oh, hey, you're quite good, you are. You're quite good as well. I mean, maybe there was something there, like the bar used to be back in the day. I mean, maybe. I mean, this, Lord knows we need some baby faces on the tag division. Yeah. Maybe Champa will end up doing something like that. But it just, I feel like he, he's had this new look as well this year with like the mask and like the sort of, sort of gladiatorial gear. And it's weird for somebody who went, who goes from, the year before when he was he came out to no music and camo trackers and uh, and just was aggressive to sort of big music part, like lighting effects mask gladiator a gladiator attire it just he's still it's almost to me like that looks like the kind of look he would have on the main roster which is why i thought maybe he's going soon yeah because it's like, and, the, and and instead of just going, instead of debuting him with a new look, they're conditioning people to get used to the way he looks now because that's how he'll look on the main roster. But then, as you say, like, he's not bothered. But he's still had a really good year, so I want to put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. But yeah. that is a mark down on the year before. That is, a, that is a step down. It'd be interesting to see where he is this time next year if he does indeed stay in NXT for the entire year because, as we say, he's done everything. And speaking of a man who has done nought, we have Tony Modra, in brackets, Brendan Vink, uh, who was beginning the year on Raw alongside uh, Shane Thorne, 
where they were facing teams like the Street Profits and the Two Fly Crew, I think they were called, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. We had the little um, interactions with MVP, where MVP became their manager for a short period of time. Then that stopped without really going anywhere. Back to NXT he went in October. Uh, the, the news came out that he changed his name and made the actual Tony Modra a very angry man indeed. Yeah, um... Finn! <laughs> Bin, it's gotta be Bin. What have it's you gotta done? be Bin. He's six foot five. That's all I know about Tony Modra. Do you know just being about tall? Tony being tall is not a personality trait. Unless you're giant Gonzalez. <laughs> um, what are your yeah, sorry, on Tony Brendan. Modra? Whack him in the bin. Yeah. In the bin. Even though you got a new name, whack him in the bin. Tom, why is there a wrestler called Tyler Rust? <laughs> why? Why? Why is his second name Rust? Can you picture the day where maybe there's a North American title reign or a match and Tyler Rust wins and we hear the ring announcer say, and your new North American champion, Tyler Rust. How am I on NXT? What the hell is this about? We have to put him in the bin because he hasn't done anything really yet. Yeah, he got approached by Malcolm Bivens on the most recent NXT, the one where I sat here on December the 14th. Well, is it? He made his debut on the December 2nd uh, edition. He appeared in the Thatcher's Thatch Can segment alongside Tommaso Ciampa and Big Timmy. Danny said Timmy K there. Big Tomato Sauce, Timothy Thatcher. Um... <laughs> If there's one manager you want who isn't Robert Stone in NXT, it's probably Malcolm Bivens, so good on him for getting that one. Um, we'll have to see where this one goes next year. And here we have a weird one to do, Tom. We have Velveteen Dream. <laughs> where do you want to go with this one? Oh, man. Okay. This is... Because I tell you what, after everything that came out over the summer, I cannot look at the guy in the same way again. And it's the way that... Co- I feel really weird about the dream. The way the company um... have dealt with it. If they have done investigations come out and say what you've done because the way they've just sort of gone, oh, we'll just sort of like, oh, we'll look under this bottle here. Oh, we found nothing. You're completely fine because you're really good at the wrestling Velveteen dream. That leaves a weird sort of taste in my mouth, Tom. I don't know if you get the same sort of thing. Because Triple H has gone, yeah, we've looked, but we found nothing. But how hard did you look? You know what I mean? That sort of feeling. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Um, I, I share a similar... You know what? Go wild. Go wild in the comments. Go wild in the comments. I share a similar thing with you. I feel all weird about the stuff that came out about Velveteen Dream. And that I'm trying not to let that bear on my placement here. Yeah. In in ring. In ring. What have we had from Dream this year? We had a parking lot brawl, a backlot brawl, brawl yeah. that was badly shot. Um then nothing. And a series of incredibly stop-start rivalries with 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 people. Cameron Grimes and Kushida, yeah. We had the, the sort of definitive loss to Kushida, and then he came... Did he come back after the Kushida loss? Yeah, I think he did stuff with Champa very briefly. Oh, no, 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 because that was all around the same time, wasn't it? Um, really stop-start, I think... Considering everything that, that has gone on about him, momentum has really dragged... And not getting into details of what has and hasn't happened, basing it on that, I want to put him in just about bearable. Yeah, taking all that stuff out of it, you look at what he's just 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 done solely on TV, and the the, he- the headlines are few and far between, aren't they? This year for Velveteen mm. Dream. Yeah, wildly inconsistent, regardless of everything else. 
It's been yeah, wildly inconsistent. It, it did. I, it feels weird bringing that up, but I feel like we do need to mention it because it really. I, because it affected what we saw on screen. Yeah. Because he was he, he kept getting pulled from television whilst they were investigating stuff, and I want to say at no point am I saying or is Ross saying anything happened. We're not saying that because by now you've already gone. You're accusing. We're not. We're accusing. Bugger all, no, right? I haven't said anything one way or the other. We're accusing, but there will be people now that be going, oh, you can't just... We are accusing bugger all. We're reporting what's gone on. And it's been an inconsistent feud, an inconsistent year for somebody who has performed inconsistently. A big part of that inconsistency has been things happening outside of the wrestling ring, regardless of what they are. Just about bearable. I'm, I'm so thankful you're good at speaking, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tried to say. Um, grizzled young veterans started the year with takeover Blackpool Doss with a ladder match against Gallus and the Welsh lads. I've got written spicy down ladder match a as well. Fantastic match as well. Uh, Dusty Classic. They got all the way to the finals, losing to the Broserweights. Then uh, February, I think, was their uh, official arrival in NXT USA, where they defeated uh, Mendoza and Wild and the Forgotten Sons and matches like that. But then COVID happened. But then recently, I think that Zach Gibson and James Drake have now moved over to America on a full-time basis. I know um, Zach Gibson has taken his lovely little dog along with him on the ride. Uh, they've come back and they've won. Uh, have they won matches? I've just not written it down here. Have they won? They've um, they they are, have they officially won a match yet? They've interfered. Uh, I've met them. They've that interfered. Yeah. They've got in the, they've not. I don't think they've. Oh no, they did. They won. They won last week. They won the tri- triangle tag yeah, last week. So they have officially won a match. What a weird reboot for the GYV. Like they've come back into a tag division that is loaded with heels to be another heel tag team. <laughs> and there's they're no, lost in the shuffle. There is no way Zach Gibson can be a babyface. No, no, they're they're a great heel team, and they need to be like a definitive heel team. Um, so great opening match of the year back at Blackpool too. I haven't really, I'm not sold on their run, their their end of year run yet because again they're just in there with other heel teams. It seems a weird. This is a weird time to bring them back. Yeah. And there's so many other heel teams around you. I feel like it's almost like, like, was there a visa about to run out and you had to bring them back? I don't know. But based on the strength of their matches for NXT UK earlier in the year, um, I want to put them in in either top of bearable or bottom of all right. Because they've and that's and and when they get motoring, whoa, stand back. Well, they'll be up, up the ranks in no time. Yeah, based I'll, on this year, I'll go all right because as as we say, the, the stuff at the start of the year was good stuff, wasn't it? And making it to the finals of the tournament as well as that match at Blackpool and COVID's not their fault. They didn't create it, even though Zach Gibson. No, I wouldn't a put lot it, I of things have been halted because of COVID, yeah. and that makes this tiered a very peculiar one. Yeah, I would I wouldn't put it past Zach Gibson, by the way, creating that. Oh, you reckon? A, what the Soon hell to be recognised as the man that invented <laughs> COVID. William Regal is on the tier list. Where do we put William Regal? Oh, is- he's in the he's, he's back in the best. Regal has done nothing to make me think anything other than he is one of the best authority figures that wrestling's ever had. It's the way like, he's used. He's again. subtle. Yeah, it's subtle. He's not there every single week laying the law down. When he's there, he turns up. You know that something monumental is going to go down, and that hasn't changed. So long may that continue. And then finally, yeah. the last one. We've made it to the end. Way. And it's a big one. It's a dozy. Io Shirai. Oh, 
She's in the best. She is in the best. She is in the best. Do we need to justify this, Tom? We have two months out at the start of the year. Might as well go through our highlights. Two months out, injured at the start of the year. She won a ladder match to get the shot at Charlotte Flair, which Charlotte Flair won via DQ because, of course, she did with the kendo stick and whatever else she used to hit you, Shirai, to get out of that match. In your house, she becomes the champion in that triple threat match by pinning uh, Rhea Ripley. She jumped off the top of her house, for goodness sake. Um, defended it against the likes of Tegan Knox, uh, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae in that tables, ladders and scares match. War games then happened where she put a bin on the top half of her body and jumped <laughs> off the top of the cage. And then it looks like we're heading off into a feud with Raquel Gonzalez, but she's just... Is she the best women's wrestler in the world today? I think she's certainly the best on the NXT roster. That goes without saying. She's she's exactly where she needs to be at the top of the division. I think when, when she loses the belt, it'll be significant. She's represented that brand really well. I see her doing great things on maybe SmackDown down the road. I don't think this is her forever home. I think she'll revolutionize whichever brand she lands on next. But for now, she's in the right place for her. She's a consistently great performer. And yeah, easily, easily up there in the best. Easily. Right then, so we've come to the end of the tier ranking thing, but as we always do, we need to find out who is the best of the best. Is Cameron... How, shall we do this in terms of 2020? I think that's how we did it in previous ones. Yeah, we're forgotten. basing it on 2020. So let's go through the best tier and let's let's sort out who's who. Has Cameron Grimes had a better 2020 than Adam Cole? No. Has Johnny Gargano had a better 2020 than Adam Cole? Um, no. Candice? No. Damien Priest. No. Finn Balor? <laughs> yes. He's Hang on, wait. Finn Balor, a better 2020 than Adam Cole? Yes. Has Karrion Cross had a better 2020 than Finn Balor? No. Kyle O'Reilly? Better than Balor this year? No. Pat Not by much. Pat McAfee, a better 2020 than Finn Balor. No. William Regal hasn't, we can't do that then. Io no. Shirai, a better 2020 than Finn Balor. Oh, what a loaded question that is. I'm going to check something online. He's going to check something. The I'm stakes could not be higher. He's having to bring empirical, empirical evidence into this one. Okay. Let's have a look at... Io Shirai's in-ring year. I think Shirai has done more in-ring than Bala, and I'm literally basing it on that. I think that's a fair assumption. <sighs> She's got to have had more matches. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say... I'm going to Oh, all right. He's, there is literally nothing in it. There's millimetres in it. I think Io Shirai's had a better year than Finn Bala. He's gone for it. There we have it. Oh. Io Shirai rules the roost. On, there we well, go. Well, on the, the yellow and gold side on a Wednesday nights at least. There we have it. There's our tier ranking thing for the NXT Woo! roster of 2020 slash 2021. It's like football seasons here on the tier rankings thing. Come back next year where we'll take a look at what sort of 2021 the NXT roster has had. This video has gone on for a very long time indeed. You forgot to put Boa in the best category again. <laughs> I can't bastardise the list. We did so well, Tom, not bastardising it with our personal preferences. Any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Love you, Boa. Love you, Boa. 
David Bowie. I've been Gary YouTube. I've been Gary YouTube. Where David Bowie came from, I've got no idea. There we have it. There's a gimmick for Boa. Maybe <laughs> David Boa. David Boa. <laughs> Let's just let that Ground resonate. control to Major Tom. <laughs> Check on Zia Lee. She's beating up a piece of wood. Zia, Zia Stardust has a lovely ring to it, in my opinion. <laughs> There's a tag team for you in NXT in 2021. But there we have it. Tell us how wrong we are in the comments down below. I can't read. wait to read each and every one of them, just in case you have missed them. We've done the Raw roster with Adam Pacitti. We have done the uh, the SmackDown roster with Sam Driver. Today was NXT with the illustrious Tom Campbell. AEW with Jack the Jobber to come. All the rosters will be ranked before the year is out. I think that's the schedule, although I'm not too sure. But I'll wrap this up now. It's gone on for long enough. I've been Gary YouTube, joined by another Gary YouTube. Gary, thank you for your time. It's been all an honour and a privilege. Have a lovely new year and a Merry Christmas and all that lovely stuff there. Hope you have the same at home. We'll see you next time on this tier ranking malarkey. Wave to the camera, please, Gary. Don't you forget about Boa. No, 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 no. I don't think that one's <laughs> going to take off as well. <laughs> I don't think it will. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.